0: Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 321. It's made possible by our sponsors, Mac Weldon, Command Line Heroes, Tower, and Hawthorne. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello! Hello! Are you good? Yeah. Yeah. I
1: was waiting for you to introduce Federico. I'm never quite sure in these moments, right? Because I expect you to say, like, if you want me to say something, then you would say, like, hi, how are you? But instead, you just say hi, so I say hello, and then I expect you to go, and Federico Vaticci and then Federico mm. says hello, and then the japes begin. But sometimes we do other things, like this time. Yeah, but you don't communicate. It's your job as a host to lead me into the introduction, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, we're also joined by the much less cranky <laughs> Federico vaticci
1: Hello.
2: Hi. How are you? Oh,
0: cranky. Federico, let me lead you into this introduction. Are you doing well today, my friend? I'm
2: doing well. How about you?
0: I'm doing pretty mm-hmm. well. <laughs>
2: Yeah, are you doing well? See, this is how normal humans have a conversation. Mike? Yeah, I don't
0: know what Mike's problem is. Yeah, he hmm.
2: has been you know too busy building keyboards. He's lost the human touch.
0: I know. Yep,
1: I'm more machine than man now. Yes, <laughs> that's a um, Star
0: Wars reference, Federico.
1: Is it? Hmm. I don't know if it is. It is. Are you sure?
0: Yeah, it's about Darth Vader. He's more huh. machine now than man. Yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi says it. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, look at me. I'm like Obi Wan Kenobi. Exactly like Obi Wan Kenobi.
2: Who's Obi Wan Kenobi. Is it? Is it? Is it Luke's son? Who's Obi Wan? Obi Wan. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is it? No wait, Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It rhymes with son. Obi Wan. <laughs> Obi Wan. Doesn't son? rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. You kidding me? Right? It's, it's, not, it's not, not.
2: Luke Skywalker's son.
0: No, that's uh, Boba. He's Obi
1: Wan Vader? That's his name.
2: No, you're you're trolling me. Obi Obi Wan is like Jr. his teacher, right? No. Yeah. Well I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about.
1: I think you're looking for Jojo Jar Jar Banks.
2: Jo- no, 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 no. Jojo Binks is the little monster that everybody makes fun of. Yes. From, yeah. from the movies like from the from the other uh, three movies in the in the two
1: thousands. Yeah. Super small. Really tiny monster.
2: I uh, I don't know about the size, but it's like the monster right. with, the, with the with the long face.
0: Yeah, with a wide, long face. Yeah. So everybody hates him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so and, <laughs> I will do it. And George, Jar- so George Jar, Jar Binks is, is the, uh, the stupid monster. And Obi-Wan, yeah. Obi- 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 so Obi-Wan Obi- 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 so Obi- is, is mm-hmm. the teacher, I think. Yeah. And Yoda is the teacher monster.
1: Hmm? Yeah, they're all monsters.
2: Well, how do you call them creatures?
1: Muppets. And that is. That's the whole story of Star Wars. Like they look inside themselves and they see their monsters. You know, it's like yeah, it's like the whole thing. Yeah,
0: we have a lot of cool stuff going on at uh, Relay FM and adjoining properties. So on Upgrade three twenty six, uh, Mike, you and Jason had a cool interview with Apple. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah,
1: we got to sit down uh, with Tim Millay and Tom Boga, Tim who we've had Tom, on the show previously. And Tim. Tim and Tom, good friends. Tim and Tom. We had them on the show a few weeks ago to talk about the A14 and we've had them back on to talk about Apple Silicon um, at the M1 chip. So we got to have a long conversation about that, which was really interesting. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the episode is when Tim slips into a little bit of jargon and starts calling them E cores and P cores. I heard that. Yeah. It's one of my favorite parts. It's like, oh, this is the, he's talking like he talks internally, which mm-hmm. I like. It's like inside voice outside. Uh, but it's a genuine, like, I really, I have, I really love talking to them. They're really great. I'm pleased that we got to have them on the show again. It's super interesting. They give a lot of great information about what it took to build M1. And then it's followed up with Jason Stiles' review of all of the M1 Max because he's been using them for about a week. So bumper episode of Upgrade.
0: Over on Mac Power Users, episode 562, David and I were joined by Kurt Knight. This was Kurt's first podcast. That's always fun to, to oh, that's hit, cool. have yep. an Apple person on for the first time. Uh, he's a senior director of platform product marketing. And we spoke some about the M1 chip, but more about Mac OS Big Sur and how it and the M1 kind of built together. You know, Apple talks about like hardware and software integration and stuff. So we got to talk about that with Kurt for about half an hour. It was really cool. Awesome. Um, it's yeah. it's always fun to talk to people who have spent a lot of time around this stuff, but who are still really excited about what it brings. So I think that interview came out really well. Uh, David and I are both really happy with that. Yeah, super good. On Sunday's MPU, which will be 563, that will be David and I's Big Sur like, bumper <laughs> episode, uh, our big review of Big Sur. So we uh, I kind of view 562 and 563 as kind of... Two parts of a larger thing, talking about Apple Silicon and Big Sur. So check that out, too. Uh, we're not going to have time to really get into Big Sur today on Connected. So I basically pour, put all my Big Sur stuff into Sunday's uh, MPU for everyone to enjoy.
3: Mm.
2: See, we link to other podcasts as well because we are also afraid of antitrust concerns. That's right. So mm-hmm. we, we also we like to talk about the competition as well.
0: We're taking fifteen percent less of our fees to link to other podcasts.
2: Wait, are we? Mm-hmm. Are we? Where does the money go? Then? I
0: mean, we own these shows, so it's like just internal, <laughs> just internal it just that
2: we say yes. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, but Big Sur is out, and our friend and sometimes enemy John Voorhees wrote uh, a really great review of Big Sur. I I read it over the weekend, and it is. It's really great. I know he spent a lot of time on it. He and I were back and forth like all summer about things. So even if, um, even if you're not running Big Sur yet, and you probably shouldn't be, it's definitely a really good review to, to get kind of what is coming when you hit that upgrade button. So go check that out too. All right. Uh, so I think that's all of our follow-up. It was actually all follow-out. So follow-out. Yeah. We have a lot of stuff uh, in this episode. We should just say now this is run- going to run long. We have a special guest Uh, In a little while, my wife Mary is going to join us to talk about the iPhone 12 mini. But uh, let's start with the HomePod mini. Uh, Mike, you and I have both received tiny HomePods. Federico's, I think yours is on its way to you. On the way, yes. On the way.
1: Just proving if you would have trusted me, you'd have it already, because I got mine like three days ago. Well,
2: I don't know about that, because it still takes a couple of days, right?
1: No, you can do 24 hours. Well, London, I, didn't,
2: I didn't want to burden you with the ah. with the pressure of, you Appreciate know. Appreciate that. You know. Mm-hmm. And also you're in lockdown. So it, like, it, it, yeah, it's better if you... If wow, you, way to rub it in. What? Well, no, I'm just looking out for you. Come on. Oh my God. Hey,
0: I'd love to have a lockdown. We can't get one over here. So <laughs> anyways, <laughs> tiny HomePod mini. So Mike, you've had uh-huh. yours for a couple of days. Mine showed up yesterday. Yeah. I have to say off the bat, it's an adorable piece of hardware. Like, I, we got ours in, in white. It's in our bedroom, and the the black just didn't, doesn't work with, like, our dresser and stuff. Even though I knew the dimensions on Apple's website, and I was like, okay, like, it's going to be about this big. It is really pretty small, but it is surprisingly dense. Like, when you pick it up, you know, like, when you pick up the full HomePod, it's a lot heavier than mm-hmm. you think it would be. Mm-hmm. The same is true for the Mini, I think. they that little... It's small,
1: but it is dense. it it is dense. It's got that kind of, like patented apple density to their products um and it's got that weird like kind of squishy fabric Mm, yeah around the outside
0: which i think is the the same as the home pod i couldn't really tell any difference yeah yeah Yeah, it seems similar uh what do you think about the sound because obviously it's smaller it doesn't have near the the speaker capability that the full home pod has what do you think of it (laughs)
1: It's not that great in the highs. I find the mids to be <laughs> mostly <laughs> adequate. You know, there's a slight tinniness, but it's definitely got some bass. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. But as I say that, everyone goes, oh, yeah. If we're going back to that whole conversation again. Like, I played music on it today, and the music sounded like music. That, Does it sounds smaller a podcast than a regular home pod.
0: So what I would say... <sighs> Cause I use gold plated home pods. It's important to get the, <laughs> well, we really the fidelity have this
2: conversation up. on the show.
0: Please, get the, yeah, it is them. definitely not as bass heavy as the full home pod is, and it doesn't get mm-hmm. as loud as the full home pod. The full home pod is just too loud. Like, what do we uh, that makes me sound old, but it's it can get to ridiculous volume levels. But I think for the size, it sounds a lot better than I thought it would, and I really don't have any complaints about it, yeah. Next to my full HomePod, I had them both in my office yesterday, you know, playing the same song back and forth. It's definitely not as as deep and, like, that sort of bass that the HomePod can bring, mm-hmm. but it's totally fine for uses, like, when you just don't need crazy volume. And it's small, so it doesn't take over your entire dresser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I nightstand.
1: mean, so mine, mine will eventually live at the studio, and it's going to be, like, my Siri and HomeKit controller at the studio, like that's that's what I mostly got it for. Um, but today, while I was writing my TVOS review, I was playing some music. Um, I say finalizing my TVOS wow. review. Uh, I was yeah, you. I was playing some music. It was sitting next to me on the desk. It sounded really nice. Like it, it sounded really nice. But yeah. I I don't know if I could necessarily compare the two, um, because like I don't have my usual HomePods very loud. If I ever use them, so mm-hmm. like. You know, this was more than loud enough. I, my home is so much uh, smaller than yours, like in in like square footage. So, like, you know, a home pod of any kind is perfectly adequate. Okay, yeah. let me
2: ask you. Th- let me ask you this. Yeah, is it small enough so that my girlfriend won't notice that it's on a desk? <laughs> well, if you
1: put it on a desk in plain sight, she's gonna notice it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though, right? You can if hide it, it, though.
2: I think if you, if you put it in plain sight. And you make it seem like it's an obvious, like it's been there all along. Mm. Maybe she won't mm. notice that.
1: No, because it doesn't look like anything else. It's a, it's a. She's gonna
0: fabric covered sphere.
1: <laughs> yeah, you gotta hide it. Yeah, I'll put it under my display. I think. See what happens. Okay, you might be able to hide it like that. That might work. Mm.
0: Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about how HomePods and Apple TV interact. So there's this new feature. Home theater audio, and I assume this is mm-hmm. coming in the tvOS review, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And you can use a HomePod or stereo pair. This doesn't yep. work with the HomePod mini, but you can still pair a HomePod mini to the Apple TV. It just doesn't do all this cool new stuff, right?
1: The cool new stuff is is basically spatial audio, but you can still create a stereo pair of HomePod minis and play tv uh audio out to it like airplay okay so you can which is what i used to have before they moved to the home theater 4k audio thing which is just which is spatial audio yeah dolby i Atmos have a whole stuff. part on that in, in my review seriously like it's like a whole big thing
0: okay cool so I, well we'll get into that but i, I we had some mm-hmm. questions about that from people of like oh could i hook these up to my tv and well because
1: apple have done a very, very bad job of, of, yes. of explaining it. Like mm-hmm. when they com- when you compare the, the HomePods together on Apple's website, it seems to indicate that you can't use them for output for the TV, but you can. It just doesn't get the new version of that. It gets the old version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they don't do a very good job of explaining how how that works but it is it's possible to to send it out as a stereo pair and to just airplay the audio out to it but you don't get the room filling like spatial audio uh like like sound
0: which i guess makes sense since the homepod minis are smaller you know the homepod has Mm -hmm. like speakers firing out of every side i imagine it's doing stuff with that to mimic the surround sound maybe i don't know i've never hooked up a homepod to an apple tv so it's good beats me mostly i did have to this is in the notes i did have to buy a new apple tv so i guarantee you there's a new one coming now why did you have to do that again okay so i have had because it died the 2015 so the 1081 but it had the Siri remote and the apps you know it came out the same announced at the same time as the big ipad pro the first ipad pro
1: yep so that was the first T V
0: OS Apple TV? Yes, right, yeah. yeah. Um, the first, like, taller one with the Siri remote. And so... Well, because it was just, like, Apple TV
1: OS before. Yeah. It, I don't even think it had a name. You it was just, anything. like,
0: it does this stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's been fine for a long time. And Apple, the Apple TV is our television in our house. There is a Mac Mini hooked up uh, and now a Switch. But the, the Apple TV is how we watch stuff. And... Mm-hmm for a while now it has been having issues where it's still connected to the network, but no, it won't do anything. Like it's like it's offline. And so I would restart it and it would be okay. And that went on for a while, like over the summer. And then I finally did the thing where like you reset it completely and set it back up and it didn't fix it. So like something hardware wise was the only thing I could think of. I did everything Apple has in their documentation to do. And it, it like, Basically, one out of every three times you you turn on the TV, the Apple TV would basically be like locked up or not be on the network. And so there was a little bit of a mutiny in my house over this. So I ended up getting the Apple TV 4K. I don't have a 4K television. I've got an older 1080 TV that we've had like 10 years, but uh, set it up. And the feature where you can tell it to sync home screens is a great way to migrate to a new Apple TV. It's really handy. Mm.
2: I've used this one as well for my uh, the, the Apple TV that we have in the other room, and it just pulled everything from the other Apple TV. So yeah, it, that was very mm. nice.
0: You don't even like see it do it. Like I felt like I went to the settings and I was doing a couple things, and then I went home and all, and all the apps were there. Like it was really fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the Apple TV 4K. I mean, I, I don't know what processors and what, but it is a lot faster and more responsive than the old one was. So I
1: think it's an A12. I yeah,
0: maybe. And the old one was like an A8, maybe. It was a pretty big jump, I think. So so yeah, mm-hmm. so it's nice. And I'm sure there'll be a new one now any day because I've bought one. And uh, when we eventually end up with a 4K television at some point, I'll be good to go. I'm pretty convinced there's
1: going to be a December event now. So they'll probably give it do it then. Probably.
0: I, I wonder if it falls under the extended return policy.
1: <laughs> maybe. It probably would.
0: I right? think it does. If you've got that holiday return policy. Anything else on the HomePod Mini? It is what it is. That's
1: kind of as much as I have to say on it. Right? Oh, it's A ten X is the chip that's in it. Okay. Um, it is what it is, and what it is is a small HomePod, and that's great. <laughs> that's the full review. Okay. Fourteen point three. Lot of stuff's going on in fourteen point three, boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got, I got a few things for you, so. The thing that we would expect that would be in the 14.3 beta, which I think beta 2 came out today, beta 1 was last week, so they're really moving fast. Beta 2 was yesterday. Okay, yesterday. And, uh, but beta 1 was last week, yeah. right? So support for Pro Raw, mm-hmm. that's the thing you would have expected to be in this, um, which makes sense that that goes in line with whenever Apple's done a sneak peek on a camera thing, the next beta version post the phone's shipping tends to have it in there um it has something that 9 to 5 mac discovered which is third party app suggestions mm-hmm. which basically seems like at some point apple will have a system during initial phone setup where it will suggest apps from third parties for you to download can you imagine getting into that list that would be something. I bet they I bet they're gonna
2: just use the curated categories that they already have on the app store, like the curated sections, like not taking yeah. apps and you know, you can see you can actually see a subset of those apps uh, in features like Wind Down in iOS 14, they Mm -hmm, do have third-party recommendations. And I assume it's going to be something similar. Like, do you want to have an alternative note-taking app? Here's Bear and Evernote and something else. Do you want to have a browser? Here's Google Chrome and DuckDuckGo and Firefox. So I I think they're just going to use a subset of the curation that they've already done. Getting that list at setup is going to be huge.
0: They have it in the health app too. It's like, "Oh, you're interested in this sort of health exactly. metric." And I know like pedometer plus plus has been in there for a long time for underscore. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, that would be <laughs> that'd be sweet to be in there.
2: It's like if you think about it, it's like getting um being one of the apps that are in
1: pre-installed on devices at the Apple Store. But more than that, though, right? Cuz like that's just like marketing. But even more This than is that. like you may get millions of users because of this. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of is uh, the um, Twitter-suggested user lists that used to exist. Well,
2: funny you mentioned that. (laughs) Um, When I was a nobody, um, back in 2010, um, I I started Mac Stories the year before, right? And Mm -hmm. in a year, I got about, I don't know, like a thousand followers or something. And then, somehow, because Mac Stories used to be a dual-language website, Back in the day, it used to be in this terrible, terrible, horrible English and Italian. And there was like on the in the old design of the website, there was this, uh, a menu that you could pick a language and read the same story in a different la- in, in either Italian or English.
1: Which is such a Federico Vettici thing to do. Yeah, in never sense again. Of like, such a bad Here's mistake. He has a ton of work. Stupid that mistake. I've done. <laughs> Stupid mistake.
3: <laughs>
2: anyway, um, while the website was still in Italian. Twitter made a big marketing push because they launched officially in Italy sometime around 2010, I want to say. And they put me in the recommended user list for huh. Twitter Italy. And that is how, o- literally overnight, I jumped from 1,000 followers to 30,000. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, so, there's a lot of Italians in there, is what you said. There's saying. a lot
2: of Italians. And of course, you know, Twitter has done the cleanup of the inactive user accounts a bunch over the years. And so I think I've lost basically all of those initial followers.
1: Uh, see that weird flex? Do you see that? I did. See what yeah. Federico just That's did not there? A weird flex. You, Yeah, we all caught that, right? It's not a weird Whereas flex. Like, it's like, uh, don't question my 75,000 followers. No. They got rid of all of the ones that don't follow me. Now I have my public. Yeah. Well, it's doc. It's history.
2: It's documented everywhere. Twitter has done the yeah. cleanup. They even sent yeah. you a message to tell you if your follower count looks too low. It's because we removed the inactive accounts. I'm not. I'm not making this up. So,
1: um, no, I I know it happened. Yeah.
2: So anyway, that's how it happened. Uh, <laughs> like the next morning, I woke up and I had like 30,000 and I and I freaked out. I remember telling Sylvia like, "Do you also see this number?" And then we figured that I was included. Like when you signed up, um. Uh, yeah, for Twitter in Italy, you would see like mm-hmm. the like the, the Italian uh, the, the president and, and like the the prime minister and like Francesco Totti was used to be like a very popular uh, football
0: player and then me. <laughs> Just like what, what am I doing? Here? Sounds right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this also reminds me of the browser ballot that uh, is enforced in the EU. I'll have a link in the show notes where basically Microsoft was forced to have people in Windows, you know, hey, there's all these other browsers. And then there's been lots of drama around that ever since. And this feels very much in the spirit of that.
1: Uh, new video and imagery has been found in Find My that could be related to AirTags. Uh, and there's also a new headphones icon that would seem to suggest AirPod Studio. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about saying I think there's going to be another event, this all is one. There's one I'm thinking of here. There's like a lot of mm. stuff that's popped up in fourteen point three, which would seem to suggest that these things are getting closer. Uh,
2: I would like to see the everything else event where there's like the headphones and the tags and maybe a new Apple TV. That would be fun.
1: They could just not do an event, y- right? Yeah, and yes, like just throw a bunch of stuff out. Which is
0: very possible, Tim Cook drawing on his iPad mini, <laughs> yeah, but it's still you know still stuff.
2: can I also just say how I really like it's been two years, but I really dislike the name Find my because every time anybody's every somebody says that, I find myself waiting for the final part of the of the name, like find my what and and it's there's no <laughs> final part, it's like. Find yeah,
1: my- Find My is not good, like as a name. I will I will I will go along.
2: And it just leaves you there waiting for
1: the the second half, but it's just find my I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, the set wallpaper action has returned in shortcuts. What is that, Federico?
2: Uh, this is uh, this is uh, the return of the prodigal son. Uh, this, this action, <laughs> this, this action was included in. And someday I will be able to tell the story. You guys know the backstory of this action. Um, I think I told you privately. Anyway, thanks. So. Yes, you know the story, and uh, it was included in the first beta of iOS 13. So in in 2019. That was last year? It was last year. Um, and then it was removed from one of the later betas. And this action allows you to change your wallpaper, your home, your home screen or lock screen wallpaper or all at once. And of course, um, now it is back as a very nice surprise in 14.3. There's a new set wallpaper action that, uh, just like before, it lets you use any image... Uh, it can be uh, a photo that you pick from your photo library, but really you want to use this in an automated fashion so that you can pass an image to the, to the shortcut and it will change the wallpaper for you. Uh, as you can imagine, I've already started playing around with this using some Base64 encoded images. Oh. that I can use as a, as a wallpapers built into the shortcut itself. Now, there appears to be a few limitations, and now I should say that I haven't checked again in beta 2. Uh, no, actually, I did last night. It was very late, but I did check last night. Um, the limitation now is that it requires confirmation from you. There's no way to set the wallpaper automatically. Uh, you still need to tap to respond and say, hey, the shortcut wants to change your wallpaper. And you need to confirm that. I saw that some users were able to get around this limitation in beta 1 with a clever trick. Instead of using the set wallpaper action, they would use a shortcut that contained another shortcut. So you no. <laughs> so you would create a shortcut that as an action yeah. and the action is run shortcut and that shortcut changes the wallpaper and in beta one that used to bypass the confirmation prompt i don't know if that still works in beta two in any case apple should get rid of the confirmation we know what we're doing please come on
1: this a, this a good like I, I think i can understand why they're doing that because you could really prank someone bad right sure you know, just put in that shortcut, and it, and then their wallpaper just keeps changing. Can you though, like? even if, when you install the shortcut
2: you need to confirm that first you need to enable untrusted shortcuts in settings
1: yeah but i mean like you can get someone's phone and do it i right? mean if
2: i get some someone's phone and and install a shortcut i, I could do lots of things yeah. so really is that's that the concern true. that's
1: true that's true maybe we should just get rid of shortcuts now no please that. that's let's get rid of it no that's part I'm of gonna, my job i'm going to send a feedback
2: okay sure um this is interesting because now you will be able to, of course, create automations to change your wallpaper at different times of the day. You will be able, for example, to, I don't know, make a custom wallpaper that contains a little calendar on the side and you can change that. Or you could pull tasks from your task manager and uh, create an image that contains your tasks or the weather, whatever. And you can change that with an automation. It's incredible. And of course, it fits well with the theme of customization and personalization in iOS 14 this year, which we're going to talk about in a minute for another thing that they've done in 14.3.
1: Matthew in the chat is saying that there's no confirmation required now.
2: Oh, Okay. Oh, that's very nice then. Uh, so they, they got rid of that. That's a good call. Something that I would like to see, however, that it was not working in Beta One. Um, for example, the wallpapers that I've done for Club Max Stories, they require you to zoom out on the image, you know, to pinch out, because it's it, we got that very precise layout for the uh, that contains the home screen icons and widgets, and when if you try and set the the wallpaper using the this action. It doesn't, um, like, there's no setting to say uh, disable perspective zoom. And uh, I think it's, got, it's called perspective zoom, right? Um, when you set the wallpaper and you zoom out. Where it moves. I hate that. Yeah. There's no, they should add a parameter in this action to also control perspective zoom. Um mm. So anyway, this is awesome that it's coming back. I'm really happy. This is gonna be sweet for automation this fall. I'm gonna have lots of fun making wallpapers that take ab- advantage of this. But now it does seem like this update, 14.3,
1: Apple and the shortcuts team. I feel team, like this is the kind of feature that I will lose Gray to forever. Yes, like I'll never hear from him yes, again. Yes, you will. <laughs> He'll just constantly tinker this with this thing, and then mm-hmm. I, that's the last we ever heard of him.
2: And what's even better is that this update is gonna introduce. Setting wallpapers, but also a major change for custom icons added to the home screen as shortcuts. One of yeah, this is this is pretty huge. This, this is one. this is really really important because that app it shows that Apple has listened to those millions of users literally who customized their home screens two months ago when iOS fourteen yep. launched, and everybody literally everybody complained. This is awesome, but it's kind of annoying that every time you tap on a custom icon. Because those custom icons were actually shortcuts, they uh, the the icon would launch shortcuts, and then you were taken to the actual app that you wanted to launch. And yep. in fourteen point three, Apple got rid of this limitation, and thankfully they listened to what we said, a bunch of other people said um, they should just use compact UI instead. And so now in fourteen point three, when you add a shortcut to your home screen, the icon that you have there, when you tap it, it doesn't open shortcuts. It uses the same compact UI of the shortcuts widget. You see a little banner that pops down from the top of the screen. It confirms that you're running the shortcut, but then it launches the app that you want to you wanna launch directly. There's no jumping around from the icon to shortcuts to the app anymore. It's a straight launch.
1: And uh, yeah. it's awesome. You just see the little notification, don't you? You
2: just see the little notification. Uh, now... I'm here to tell you that I, at this point, I kind of dislike that notification. There should be an advanced setting to get rid of that confirmation prompt because I don't like. Come on, I I don't need to see that confirmation prompt. I know what I'm doing,
1: right? Uh, as a compromise, I know, I know, right? To just accept the notification
2: I know, but, as a compromise. You know, life is no fun with compromises. So, um, there should be a setting for. I don't know about there that. There should be an, a setting for advanced users. To, I
1: just want to say, like I know, I don't like to say this kind of stuff very much because it's like whatever, but I am like genuinely appreciative and proud of them for making this decision Absolutely. so fast. yes, yes. Because look, sometimes some stuff happens to your technology and people start using it in unexpected ways and you can embrace it or you can reject it. If you reject it, you're going to upset people. If you embrace it, you are saying what they're doing is okay because it is, right? Like they're using the technology to express themselves in fun and exciting ways. And that's, you know, that this hasn't happened accidentally. Apple have seen what people have been doing with widgets and shortcuts and they have decided they will embrace it by breaking a barrier down. And I think this is awesome because now the floodgates are going to open, right? Mm. Like now... This is awesome. I'm super happy. People are gonna make loads of icon packs. It's gonna be great. Every time an app updates you don't like the icon, now you can just change it. Right. And I think it's super cool. I'm I'm really, really pleased that they've done this.
2: Yeah, and I'm sending you, for example, I just just right now I've changed the icon for my uh, safari app in my, in my dock that this is an icon based on an, on a, on a set called Monterey that I found on on mm. Gamroad really beautiful really beautiful icon set and when i tap it it just opens safari it's beautiful and what's even
1: yes yeah, really what's great. even
2: better is that by making this change right as soon as all those users who customize their home screens in iOS 14 upgrade to iOS 14.3 they won't have to redo their home screens all those shortcuts will just instantly switch over to the new behavior. So they will, like, just by updating to fourteen point three, those icons will launch the apps instead of taking them to shortcuts first. So it won't require them to redo their home screens, which I think is also very important. Yes. And they will be pleasantly surprised by the fact that you do an update and now it works a lot better. Like, this is so smart to take a, a feature that Apple was not expecting to be popular. It went viral and everybody was doing it and you take stock of that popularity and you say, okay, well, as Mike said, we need to embrace this and we're actually going to make it better. And so you create that positive loop of people updating their devices and getting something in return, which is so important because you do, if you're a company like Apple, you do want to make sure that people update their phones. And this Mm -hmm. is the perfect, like emoji, this is the perfect way to do it you convince people to update and they get a little treat in return mm-hmm. it's perfect yep. so yeah we're gonna make a.
1: yeah i'm excited i'm very excited to see what's gonna happen with this yeah because you know I, th- I think i think what we're seeing right now is a step one in whatever this is gonna be i feel like it's gonna start to open up like people are gonna start to do more things and then i could imagine maybe apple trying to make it even more official than this we'll see yeah
2: and uh the takeaway i guess this is like we discovered this like an hour ago my takeaway is that my home screen is already old at this point like i gotta redo it all
1: Uh-oh.
2: all the shortcuts that i want to use now all the icons that like sylvia is I, I guess you know she's working on something pretty awesome she's been working on it for months and she's been going slow because we thought you know this this new icon set she's working on Um uh, we thought, well, it's kind of a bummer, though, that shortcuts, you know, they, they, uh, they still, you know, people are more into widgets now because the shortcuts icons is, you know, it, it's not great. Uh, I guess people prefer to run their custom shortcuts from the widget instead of the icon. But this changes everything. And so I guess she will have to hurry on on the thing she's been working on. This is going to be fantastic. And uh, yeah, my home screen, I need to, it's old again. I thought I settled on uh, on something that I liked and now I got to change it all again.
1: So we got some interesting feedback uh, that came from Dylan on Twitter, and they sent us a clip, Mm -hmm. and the clip, which I'll put in the show notes, people can go and listen to, the clip seems to partially indicate that you owe me a computer. And the backstory to this is there was a pick that you made, I believe, two years ago, saying that one of your annual picks, I think, was that Apple was going to release an ARM Mac. And I said, no way. Mm -hmm. And you were so convinced, and I was so unconvinced of your opinion, that I promised I would buy you a computer if they did. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. And then in the annual picks for this year, you were convinced that Apple wouldn't launch ARM Macs, I think? Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, no, you're definitely wrong about this one. And then both me and Federico then challenged you to buy me a Mac. And you kind of seemed to squirrel away. But, you know, the rule of, of like, reverse friendship bets, I believe, would indicate that you owe me a computer.
0: Well, here's the thing. Listener Dylan, if that's even their Mm -hmm. real name, has set me up. Mm -hmm. Because I went to the MP3. I listened to it as well. And at no point did we make it official.
3: Oh, At no on. point
0: did, no. did we wow. decide this wow. was something we were going to do. And, uh, you know, I think that some people... May- well, as I said, you squirreled out of it. You just wow. stopped talking. Wow. I would have bought you that
1: computer. You know that, right? Yeah. Because I'm a man of it's my so, word.
2: So so greedy.
0: That's and how fr- it's going to be.
2: Friendship <laughs> ended with Mike. Now money is my best friend.
3: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: well done somebody please photoshop that with steven and, and the meme yeah that's I pretty really good see that. <laughs> Wow, oh, that's well done man i guess i'm
1: not holding you to this because there was no official bet made is this mm-hmm. a real gentleman but i am suggesting that you know there was a, a non-official bet made hmm. but it did just remind me you know the annual picks are coming up soon and I don't think you're going to fare very well, my friend.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to do well on the annual picks. (laughs) And it's kind of wild to me that you were so convinced in
1: 2019 that they would do it. And then 2020, you're like, no way.
2: (laughs) See, uh, this is why I I mentioned how interesting it was that it was so convinced it was not going to happen. And then for the Mac event... Not only did he he win, but he won because he had a risky pick about a desktop Mac and nobody Mm. was talking about
1: that. Nobody. Isn't
2: that suspicious?
1: I think it's pretty suspicious. Uh, Anyway. That seems pretty suspicious. I'm
2: not disputing disputing the results. I'm not asking for a recount of
0: of anything. But,
1: you know, but... But what we are saying is we'll see you in court. (laughs) That's what we are saying. Yes.
0: (laughs) So I guess... (laughs) I guess the question is, I don't want to raise the question, but I want to be honorable. Is is the am I on the hook for something? Is there something that has to be done to make mm. this right without me buying you a computer? Mm. Maybe, but I do not think what of something. Okay, maybe we leave this to the audience. Maybe we get their input. What does Steven owe me? I, I throw myself <laughs> in the mercy of the listeners shy of paying for the MacBook Pro you just bought. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, let's take a break and then we'll be back with some App Store news. How does that sound?
1: Great.
3: Okay.
0: This episode of Connected is brought to you by Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and high quality fabrics. This Black Friday, if you're on the hunt for men's essentials for yourself or as a gift, the only place you need to shop is MacWeldon. Right now, they are offering an exclusive all-black pack, which includes a t-shirt, underwear, and socks inside of a packable backpack. So you can go on the run with your cool new t-shirt. The all-black pack comes with more than $150 worth of products. But on Black Friday, you can get it for just $98. I absolutely love Mac Weldon. My favorite thing, and everyone talks about it, but they're so good, are the sweatpants. They are so comfortable. Wearing them
1: right now. I'm wearing them. He's wearing them right now. right
0: now. I would if I could, you know, get them over my, my my foot. I also have the the famous slippers. Oh, are you slipping around the house? Yeah, I got the famous slippers. Man, I want the slippers. I need to I need to put that on my Christmas list. Socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, active shorts, whatever it is, Mac Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit. You'll look great. You'll feel great. From working out, going out, going to work, or on a date, Mac Weldon is for everyday life. If you're Mike and you're slipping around your your apartment, you're good to go. You'll get to choose from a wide range of customized fabrics can keep up with you no matter what your day looks like. And you can join their totally free loyalty program called Weldon Blue. Level one gets you free shipping for life and once you reach level two by spending $200, you'll get 20% off every order for the next year. And how's this for a guarantee? If you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. So to grab that all black pack for just $98 while supplies last, visit com slash connected and enter the promo code connected. You'll also get 20% off your first order. That's com slash connected. Promo code connected for twenty percent off the all black pack for just ninety-eight dollars. Mac Weldon is reinventing men's basics. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for their support of the show and relay FM.
1: I'm gonna do a brief dramatic reading from MacStories.net. Oh, nice website. Uh, and then we it's a great website. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and then we can talk about it. Starting January first, twenty twenty one, is that dramatic? Who is, earned... is that really dramatic? okay starting january 1st (laughs) 2021 developers who earn up to 1 million dollars per year from their apps will have the commission paid to apple cut in half reducing it from 30 to 15 percent i'm not going to do that anymore you have a career in theater mike thank you so much Uh, more amateur dramatics i think is maybe about as far as i can get with that uh, so, yeah, if, if you earn up to a million dollars per year from your application in the App Store from January 1st, 2021, uh, you will have your uh, Apple cut cut down to 15%. So continuing from Mac Stories. Apple says that it will provide additional details about the new program in December, but here's what we know so far. Developers who made up to $1 million on all their apps in 2020 after subtracting Apple's commissions will qualify for the program and its reduced commissions beginning on January 1st, 2021. New developers are eligible to participate in the App Store small business program beginning January 1st, 2021, too. If a developer who is part of the App Store Small Business Program makes more than $1 million during a year, the commissions paid for the remainder of the year will be at at the 30% rate paid outside the program, and the developer won't be eligible for the program the following calendar year. A developer that is not eligible for the App Store Small Business Program will be eligible for the calendar year following any calendar year that they earn less than $1 million. So... In essence, Apple has cut the rate for, uh, quote, small businesses, businesses that earn less than a million dollars a year, which feels pretty sizable. Like, but yes, that is a typical kind of uh, phrasing for what is considered small. Then you go into medium before you get to large. And you can kind of see that, right, how, how Apple would be dividing that up considering the son of the size and scale of businesses that will operate on the App Store. Um. And effectively, they've taken most of the simple options for the way that they're going to be doing this. So there's, it's not going to be a thing that can trigger at any time. It has, it's got a year cut off every time. So if you had some kind of devastation to your business and you went from earning three million dollars a year to fifty thousand dollars a year, you'd have to wait until the next year before your rate's going to be cut. Um, and and I do like that if they do increase it. Um you see the increase they will apply at any point, but if you earn more than a million dollars it there's there's a cap right, and then Apple will only take the thirty percent on what's over that mm-hmm. so
0: but if you go over, you can't get back in until a year later, right exactly yeah there's that year cut off so. Hmm. They're trying to keep things, I think, as simple as they
1: can, but also make sure that they make as much money as possible from it, which is fine. It is what it is. Uh, I would say overall, this is great news uh, because the people that are affected by this or will be included in this will see a great increase. So James Thompson pointed out on Twitter that reducing Apple's cut from 30 to 15% actually increases a developer's revenues by 21.43%. So you don't make 15%, you make, like, 20%, because math, right? Mm. You know, it is what it is. But that's a nice jump. So for developers, next year, lots of developers are getting a 20% pay increase, basically, and that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot going on about, like, You know, whose money is it anyway? Conversations we have been having for the entire year, but this is a kind of resolution we want to see. One of the things we said that Apple should do is this exact thing reduce the cut Mm. for small businesses. Mm. That's what they've done. And I am very, very pleased that they have done this. Why have they done this, though, Federico? It has to be part of a package.
2: Right, part of a, a series of things, a series of changes that that are designed to make the App Store a more welcoming, a more uh, fairly competitive place. I think there's not a single reason, and I don't think this is a, it should be considered as a single change in isolation. I think it's part of a series of changes that Apple decided because maybe they were pressured because. Maybe they also, I want to believe that they also felt it was the right thing to do that they've done in 2020. And when you consider all the things that they've done this year in terms of, uh, you know, making the app store uh, a place where all kinds of developers, all kinds of companies are welcome. Right. Look at that from look at the issue from that perspective um, and consider all the things that they've done. Over the past few months, uh, this reducing the commissions. Of course, we've been asking for ages. Really, um, you can now set your uh, you can now set uh, third party defaults for browser and an email on iOS. You can change the default music service on your HomePod. Apple created a new system to appeal uh, app store review guidelines, and they have made it so developers can still issue bug fix updates, even if uh, if another app update is being held in review. Um, the, you can, um, in, in iOS 14.3, it seems very likely, given what 9to5Mac found, that they will be recommending third-party apps at setup. So all of these things, they suggest to me that Apple is. I mean, obviously, they are aware that both the U.S. government and the EU are building a case against them in terms of uh, antitrust and anti-competitive law. And I, I think if I were Apple, I would tackle this on two fronts. Like, what's what's a way? What are different ways that we can use to build an arsenal of evidence to bring forth should we ever go to court what what kind of things can we show off as meaningful changes that we brought to the app store after listening to feedback from the community and mm-hmm. also you have to believe i mean you know i like apple as a company and i personally want to believe that there are some people at apple who took a good took a good look at the app store and realized we put these measures in place years ago 12 years ago maybe right now given where we are now as a company how the app store has changed maybe the right thing to do is to like beside you know aside from the US government and the EU maybe just the right thing to do so i think it happened on two fronts and i think it happened for two reasons one because there's folks at apple who you know actual people it's not like corporations are corporations but they're also made of people and so we don't know how these conversations happened but obviously the legal part of it, I think it played a fundamental role. We, we argued on the show months ago and a lot of people criticized us. A lot of people attacked us saying that we were buying into the, the, the silly arguments of Epic Games uh, when the Fortnite thing blew up. But we mm-hmm. said on the show and on Twitter... This will bring change. This will this doesn't end here. This is not just a stupid marketing campaign. The 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 the, the law firms involved and the, the, all the people involved. This is a thing now and Apple will need yep. to start answering this. And this is part and of I'm the answer.
1: Very pleased that they have done a thing which we spoke about then and you Look, know and have since it's like you either do something or you're forced to do it. And it's probably a good idea to try and make some changes on your own before the government walks exactly. in. Exactly. And look, I've seen
2: tweets along the lines of, oh, but indie developers have been asking this for years and and they never listen to us. And I mean, let's be realistic, right? When somebody like Epic Games hires certain law firms and certain people mm-hmm. to build your mm-hmm. case against another trillion-dollar-worth corporation... You're not messing around. And sometimes, unfortunately, due to how capitalism works and how this modern society works, sometimes change needs to happen from the top, right? This just how things work. And I guess in this case, you upset the wrong company who also happen to have a lot of money to spend on lawyers and stuff like that. And, you know, this is how just things work. And, uh, and there's epic gains, but there's also, you know, the US government... And the EU, they're telling Apple, "Look, we don't like what you're doing here." Yeah. And I mean, if you're Apple, you're aware of that, and you got to ask yourself, "Well, is there anything that we can do before
1: they force us to change?" Like, like, and this is something they should have done about a decade ago, <laughs> right? Yeah. Is this cut? Right? They should have done this. They haven't done it, but now they've done it. So I'm happy to say, finally, you have done the thing that you should have done a long time ago. And I am now pleased that you have done it. But you're completely right. And like, look, there's been a lot of conversation today from people like Tim Sweeney, where they're still saying, like, blah, blah. You know, They're saying a lot of stuff. And whilst I have and some, uh, I agree with some of the points that some of these companies are, weighing against apple and their control but this is not a thing where i think you you really got a lot of ground to to complain about like look they're always going to take something and cutting that money for smaller businesses i think is a good thing yes if you pass the one million dollar mark that's going to be awkward for you because they're going to take you back up to 30 percent but frankly that's the thing that developers have to plan for Mm -hmm. now Right. You all know now. You all know. So if your revenue is starting to increase, like you should make a plan for that. Um, that this is part of doing business in the app store. But for people trying to make a living, trying to like build a business, this is great for them. And I kind of find it strange for now for companies to be like, well, I make millions of dollars and they take $150,000 from me. It's like this this, this argument's not playing everyone. Like David Hanemeyer Hansen, Tim Sweeney, like complaining about this to developers, That's that's the wrong move, right? Like you continue making the arguments that you have made about everything else but this part, like this part is not the right move right like sort of trying to be like oh well, they're still taking loads of money from me i'm such a big company like no, go back to your previous statement. Don't try and paint this as a bad thing, because to the people that this has helped, this is a good, a really good thing for them. And you also do need to kind of try and keep some of these people on your side, uh-huh. because a lot of the noise that you've been able to make is because you have these people also making that noise along um, with
2: you. I thought it was funny, the, the tweet from DHH on Twitter about... Um uh, Apple holding journalists hostage for the embargo <laughs> oh, so no. we had an embargo uh, a mac sorry it's okay and and it's not like that it's not like they were holding us hostage it's, it's just how these things work uh, we it's not like we didn't we were not put in a position to talk to developers about it because I could have easily texted uh, James Thompson at 1 a.m and asked for a quote and maybe he would' have replied maybe not I would have texted hundreds of folks that to to ask for their opinion, like I have no problem with that. the The issue is, this is how embargoes work, and this is how confidentiality agreements work. I'm pretty sure that DHH knows how these things work, and so I thought that that tweet was funny. Uh, it's like, hey, do, do you know how these companies release announcements at all? Like you, I
1: wonder how they dealt with all of the original reviews of hey. Hey, was it just like freewheeling? Talk yeah, about I mean, whenever you want?
2: exactly. Like, this is just like regular business for all kinds of communications. Uh,
1: this is like one of those, I can't think of the right... Oh, uh, what is it? Like, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, whatever that phrase yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, and <laughs> that, this that is true. kind of like, so look, if you do feel, like, and I, I understand that at his core, he hates Apple. So like, he's going to be mad no matter what they do. But I just feel like this is a thing that, and again like I'm not saying that we like say like oh thank you apple for blessing us with this No 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 but they have made the right move here. Yeah and it's especially This is a good decision to have made It's a good decision it's ra-
2: it's the right thing to do both yep. legally speaking and to you know
1: morally speaking f-
2: morally speaking for the community and I should say it I think it is especially clever in the context of 2020 I mean let's just face it the way that apple framed it as part of you know, wanting to help small businesses because 2020 mm-hmm. has been such a challenging year, which is true, right? It is true. And as I know lots of indie developers who told me and told John that, you know, that we spoke to them and they said, my, my sales were hit by COVID-19 and I had to take on contracting work, right? We've seen these messages from developers. And so it is true when Apple says 2020 has been challenging for everybody. But also, you're not making this change just for 2020, right? This is a program...
1: Yeah, if it was only a 2020 <laughs> thing, they would say, we're going to give you back the whole 30% of the year, right? Yeah. Like, it still wasn't that.
2: <laughs> this is a program that you're going to you know, launch and, and it's going to stay on forever, uh, or at mm-hmm. least for the foreseeable future. And so you're framing it as part of 2020, but it's really not. It's part of the series of changes that you're making in 2020 because of other of another situation that you got going. So, I think it's an the timing, I should say the timing of this is perfect.
0: Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And you know, Mike you mentioned that developers have to plan for this. Like, yeah, any any single line drawn in the sand would cut somebody out. And um, i wrote in in my article about it is like, yeah, you know, it's it's probably a bummer if you're a developer who's had a lot of success and like you have a small team and You're still a small business, but you're not eligible for this. Like, I'm sure that's that's a bummer. And there'll be developers who fall right above that line. But it does help a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they'll ever adjust where that line is. I would imagine Apple chose that line with lots of data. But I do feel for the folks who fall around the other side of it, too.
1: I mean, like, frankly, what what Apple are trying to do is not obliterate the services revenue. Um, and also show that they care about the development community. Mm-hmm. And this is a way that they're going to do that. And you can argue, I mean, look, I've made the argument, and I stand by this argument, that they should just do it. It should just be cut for everyone. Um, but I do mostly care, honestly, about smaller companies and bigger companies when it comes to this. Yeah. So I am happy that they have done something for, for smaller companies first. Because as we said, we all know that the mega companies get to make their own deals, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's about time that Apple standardized what I think is a deal that a lot of the big companies get and give it to companies that have no say. And so I'm I'm very pleased that they've decided to do this.
0: Way to go, Phil Schiller. Literally way to go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Remind me, is he still in charge of this part? (laughs) <laughs> is that the expectation? Uh, I guess. Uh, well, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. But yes. Uh, I mean, but I mean, easy, really. Well, I mean,
0: there's, there's that.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Oh.
0: Let's say yes. <laughs> Can we do that? Is yeah. that a thing that we have the ability? All right. We're okay. saying yes. Let's see. Phil okay. Schiller, Apple Fellow, Newsroom. Let's see what Apple said he's in charge of. Mm. Well, no, they said he was in charge. Phil of Phil Schiller events. advances to Apple Fellow. He is. Okay. Um, that's about Jaws. He's going to do some stuff. He is going to continue to lead the App Store and Apple events.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So, yes. So, yes, then,
1: Yeah. is the very long answer to a short question. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Let's take a break, and then we're going to be joined by a special guest. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Command Line Heroes. Command Line Heroes is a podcast that tells epic true tales of developers, programmers, hackers, and geeks... And even open source rebels who are revolutionizing the technology landscape. Season six of Command Line Heroes is available now. It tells the stories of black technologists who innovated and invented despite systematic racism, unfair hiring practices, and unequal education opportunities. There's an episode all about Gladys West, whose mathematical models and data analysis paved the way for this, this little thing called GPS, which is <laughs> really cool another episode tells the story of Jerry Lawson who invented the first cartridge based video game console paving the way for Atari Nintendo and Sega an episode that I just listened to this morning is with Mark Dean who grew up here in Tennessee was born in the 50s a really hard time to be in the Jim Crow South but he grew up to revolutionize the PC industry by inventing the ISA bus that went in the early IBM pcs thats philosophy of a bus to plug stuff into it's still around it's called uh, pci now i really enjoyed that episode i i have to admit i did not know who mark dean was but after listening to this it was just it was really cool to hear this story about somebody who really formed technology as we know it whose name you know isn't super familiar to everybody so search for command line heroes anywhere you listen to podcast. we'll include a link in the show notes of course our thanks to command line heroes for their support of this show and Relay FM.
1: We would like to welcome to the show the best Hackett, Mary Hackett. Hi Mary. <laughs> hey guys. Uh we have we've had you on the show before to talk about headphones. Um but we wanted to talk to you about the iPhone 12 mini. Yes. Because you have had one for a few days now, right? Yes. Okay. So I I'm aware of this, but maybe you could tell the story for our audience a little bit. You have been pretty resistant to move to the Face ID. Style phone, right?
4: Yes, I just.
1: What's the story with that? It's
4: it's a pretty short story. I just I hate it. (laughs) I I hate Face ID.
1: Oh, hang on. Is that is that remaining now?
4: Yes, I still don't like it. Oh,
1: interesting. This is taking a
2: turn I wasn't expecting. Mike, that's how you do a review in just a couple of days. She (laughs) she knows exactly what she's talking about. Yep. Look look, this is how you do it, Michael. Learn
1: from the best. (laughs) <laughs> clearly yeah i uh all right so i want to get back to the mini itself in a bit but now i want to jump straight to face id so i know that you did, you had what phone did, did did you have for a little bit i think and did you try a different phone one with face id before now
4: i did i don't even remember i don't even remember Stephen could clarify because
1: okay, i seem to remember Stephen upgrading you and then he flip-flopped as he always does and, and got a different phone for you and kept one for himself and moved the whole thing around. Yes. But what, what is it that you don't like about Face ID?
4: Yes, he was so kind and was like, I got you this new phone. It's great. And I was like, hey, can I have my old phone back? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think we, we did end up switching. I So still Steven
1: got... is in the chat now saying it was an old iPhone 10 of his.
4: Uh, okay. Okay. So I did end up, getting a different, nicer phone than what I had, Mm -hmm. but uh, something without the Face ID. Right. Um, I think
1: it was maybe like an A or an SC or something. That sounds right. So now that you have a small phone again, because I know you also didn't want a big phone. Yes. But this phone has Face ID. You're still super down on the Face ID?
4: I still just don't like it. It, But it's not, I don't think that it's the phone's fault. So maybe that is (laughs) unfair to put this in a review of this phone, um, Mm -hmm. because I do love the, I love most of the physical part of the phone. Like I love having edges again. Um, I love the size, even though really held up next to my old phone, which again, I don't ever remember the names or the letters or the numbers. I think it's an SE. The one I just left though. Um, it doesn't really feel that much smaller because Mm. the width is, I think the same, it's. I know mm-hmm. that it's shorter. Like there's. It so it fits better in your pocket. That kind of thing. In mm-hmm. um, your hand too. I guess if you're trying to push the button up at the top. Um, real. That's probably my favorite thing about it. Is having the edges back. Yeah. It just remind. I don't know. It just feels like a throwback. I really like it.
1: Hmm.
4: That form factor.
1: But I still want to dig into Face ID though.
4: I think I just am reluctant to have my face scanned all the time. Interesting. Um, and I I really like having the, well, I say a physical button, but even on my previous phone, it was already a fake button, right? Yeah. yeah. But you could feel yeah. it. I miss feeling. Yeah, it would,
1: it would like kick back at you, but it didn't actually move.
4: Right, right. So you could feel. I just miss feeling it. I miss mm. okay. um, because it's just, there's nothing there. So like when I pull it out of my bag... Um, this might just be a Mary problem and not a problem for many people in the world, but who have this phone right now. Um, but I almost always have it upside down when I pull it oh. out of my bag because mm. I can't tell where no, I am. That's very
1: normal. Yep. And it yep, makes me crazy. Co- and yep. actually,
4: it's, um, I guess, the speaker that I touch that makes me think mm-hmm. that it's up at the very top middle of the screen, that next to the, the camera that faces you. Um, yeah, so I end up like feeling and touching for that when I pull it out of my bag, and then I think, oh yeah, nope, that's upside down. I Still got it wrong.
1: Yeah, I, my phone's upside down all the time. Yeah, because okay. like if it's on the t- if it's on the table and I pick it up, like there's nothing <laughs> that visually indicate which way it's supposed to be. Right. That is that is a thing for sure with these phones. It's like you, you and then also if it is upside down, it won't unlock. Right. Mm-mm. So like yeah. you know you're kind of just stuck with it. You're turning it around. Do you find it to be like harder to unlock? Like do you do you feel like it's more cumbersome?
4: It, yeah, I think it is. I mean, yeah. definitely now in COVID times because right. if I'm out, like it was yes. so frustrating. Oh
1: yeah, talk about the worst possible time to move and to then, face mm-hmm. ID. I hadn't right. even realized that.
4: <laughs> and then I feel like a jerk when I'm like in the store and I'm like I'm really sorry, I have to unlock with my face so that I can pay you. So I'm like <gasps> Take a deep breath, like pulling my mask down, don't breathe, look like a normal person, stare at the phone, put the mask back on, and then pay. Like that is just ridiculous. But uh um, Yeah, that
1: that is really that's really annoying. It's it's really annoying. And like for for people that have had face ID funds for a while. It's like we got used to the things that were good about it and now we have our muscle and it's annoying. But if you're mm-hmm. if you were already not sure on it and you move to it now, it's like a double dose of annoyance.
4: Yes. I would agree with that. I wish that, that you didn't have to choose. Like I wish that you could say, Oh, I don't want face ID, I just but do my thumbprint something. Yep. Um yep. in the same area.
1: Yeah, I really hoped that they were gonna add that into this phone and if they don't do it next year I'll be really disappointed if they don't put put the touch ID in the in the button on the side. I think they need to do that and I'll be really upset if they don't do that cuz you should be able to choose why not, right? It's it's double safe that way.
4: My fear, okay, so my fear is though that things will go the opposite direction and rather than them see, oh, that was really difficult and when everybody's wearing a mask and here we're making our next phone and Still, people are needing to wear masks in a lot of places. Um, and then they go to, well, why don't we just scan the eyeballs? Like, let's just get everybody's retinal scan on there. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Go back it's not to the fingerprint.
1: impossible. There are phones that do that now. See, like, that is super Android creepy. There are super phones that do retinal scanning. Ugh, yeah, that's, I wouldn't like that, ugh, I don't think. That's that, gross. That seems like a, a bridge too far. Yes. TG, do you want to have your eyeballs scanned? Well,
2: I don't think so. I'm not a, I don't think I'm a fan of the idea. Uh, I was thinking, though, maybe they could do something about, like, scanning your face with a mask on. Like, maybe there are enough details in your forehead and eyes and eyebrows and the shape of your head when you're wearing a mask that maybe, like, Face ID Mm. could... I wonder if they could make, like, Face ID for masks a thing. I don't know.
4: I wonder, could I maybe re-scan my face with a mask on?
1: Well, if you dig through Reddit enough, (laughs) there are people that will tell you. If you set... Because you can go into the settings and add alternate appearances, I think it's called. Oh. I have heard people say, if you set up two alternate uh, appearances where you hold... This is wild. Half of a mask... Wait, what? ...to your face in one, and then in the other one, hold the other half on on the other side of your face. Apparently, that's enough to train it wait i've not done this wait
2: how no 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 no. half of a mask on right, one to side So take of- a
1: mask yes put it in half and hold it so to your face so it's like split down the middle right mm-hmm. so the left side of your face has a mask on it do that one and then do one with the right side of the face and do the mask on it and apparently with those two alternate appearances it should unlock oh my God. with uh, your mask on. Oh my God. I am. That makes I've...
4: sense, though, because the way that you scan, you know, you like go around your face. So then it has one whole image of your face uncovered and one whole image. As if
1: your face has always got some half covering. Wait, on it. I don't this, know is this if this, for this works. The,
2: Is this for one face or the one face and then the alternate appearance? You set
1: two more alternate appearances. Okay. <sighs> Or, unless I don't know, maybe you can only do two and then, but yeah, you have to do it in two halves. I don't know how many alternate appearances you can set, but maybe that's why you do it in one half and the other half. So you can have one regular appearance where you don't have a mask on and one uh, alternate appearance where you do, basically. It's kind of weird. But apparently that does it. Maybe I feel like Federico's going to be the one of us to try it. Why have (laughs) you never mentioned this to us before, Mike? (laughs) Because it sounds super weird. It's like. i I don't know if i want to endorse this i don't know i will do it in
2: the in the privacy of my home i will just hold the Uh folded mask on top of my mouth (laughs) and try scan my face i mean i can do it when i'm alone look like Uh. an idiot but i will try it
1: (laughs) well carl's saying that you can do it in one scan but you know when you do this when you do a face id training it's twice Mm -hmm. you do it so right. yeah, you do it that way. So you do one train with half mask on one side, then the other training with half mask on the other side. Perfect. I feel like Federico will be able to provide follow up for us in the future as to whether this is working <laughs> But Mary, one of the other things that you've gotten with the phone is a bigger screen, right? The screen is now bigger, even though the phone is not that much bigger. Um, what do you f- think about like the edge to edge screen, the gestures, that kind of stuff? How do you like that? <laughs>
4: I feel like a complainer. You can also say you don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, this is perfectly
1: um, fine. I honestly, I prefer to hear you say you don't like it than just to hear you say you really love everything because uh-huh. I feel like so I you know hear I'm that too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're keeping it real.
4: Um, so first of all, I I feel like the screen size difference is not is not that enough of a difference to really matter. Like, when I okay. started working on it, it's not like, oh, wow, I can see so much more of my photo. Oh, I can yeah. see my screen is whatever percent larger than it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. I'm like, I mean, I guess it's nicer. But if you hadn't told me that it was larger, I probably would not have really noticed. Um, and then with the gestures, I I feel like it probably is just I'm still getting used to it. Um, the the new places to find the functions that i'm used to using so often um like swiping up from the corner like on the ipad instead of swiping up at the bottom um where i keep trying to double click a button that doesn't exist so that's just annoying well you know that kind of thing where it's it's just change any kind of change is slightly annoying until it becomes your new normal
1: what about the camera do you like the camera
4: Okay, that I do love.
1: Good. Okay. Yes. I figured this is probably going to be the biggest positive change for most people, right? Like you have a vastly better camera and two of them.
4: Yes. Yes. I I love it. Um, we were playing around this weekend. Um, our daughter, we were outside at a city park and the clouds were just amazing. And Stephen had just shown me how to do the... Um, I forget the name of it, Um, where you can change it to, you tap in the middle and it goes to like 1x or 0.5x.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I don't don't actually know if it has a name, but it's where you change the lenses. It's not
4: panoramic, is it? no.
1: It's the wide angle,
4: the ultra wide? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Duh. Um, Yes, I've never had a phone to play with that, um, Mm -hmm. with that function, and that was really fun to do outside and see like all the things that I could fit into the frame
1: yeah it, it I, I out of the three possible cameras I really like the one where it zooms in the telephoto lens but the ultra wide camera does allow for you to take kinds of photos that look really different yeah where like you know the zoom is just a zoom it's just a tighter shot of what you're already looking at but the ultra wide can create images that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get because they have a you know they get more of the frame in they they and they have a different kind of look to them that almost like fisheye kind of look which mm-hmm. you can you can end up with pictures that just look really cool because of it.
4: Yes, I enjoyed playing with that.
1: What color is your phone?
4: It's the minty green.
1: How do you feel about minty green?
4: I I I love it. Green is my favorite color. Um not this color green, but um i do like it it's very subtle because i've got a case on it um and really i'm taking out of the case now very carefully steven don't worry
1: (laughs) just immediately flies across the office (laughs) smashes into (laughs) steven's monitor and just (laughs) breaks it down
4: (laughs) um yeah so it is it is a really beautiful color just the metallic mint green on the edges and then i guess the back is glass or plastic i'm not sure um Yeah, it's pretty. Um, And then it's kind of shown off even better by the case that we chose. It's kind of like a, oh, I don't know what I did. Sorry, my phone is dinging at me. I did something wrong.
1: Oh, wait, did you put the case back on? It makes a noise now when you do that, yeah. Did a red circle? It's, It's trying to be fancy. I don't understand this feature, like... You put your, the case on and then it shows you the color of your case. I don't really know. What? People say like, oh, this is so nice. I don't really know why this is useful. <laughs> because I already, I, more than anybody, I know the color of the case right. on my phone. I don't need my phone to tell me what color the case is. I've heard people say like, oh, it's so whimsical. I, I don't get it. Like it's no, well, it's, 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 it's useless to me. I, I don't understand. That seems the pointless. It.
4: But, oh, well. Um, yeah, so I really like the color that we chose to, um, for the case because it looks like a watermelon. It's kind of like a salmon pink. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure what the official color is, but what it's called. But so it makes me happy to look at that color combination and to have a little bit of color.
1: Overall though, you... you you, well are you happy to keep you want are you going to keep this phone is your plan to keep this phone you you don't feel like you have to abandon it and go back to the se i
4: i think so Hmm. i think so i think that i will all the things that annoy me will eventually i'll just get over it it'll be fine the the biggest thing will will always be face id Mm -hmm. um and i guess i could just type in you know my if it really bothers me that bad i could just type in my code every time um, yeah that's and, what i do cuz you doing. can turn it off right as an option
1: you can swipe up again i think and when it realizes you have a mask you, you can put a code in and i just put my code in which is frustrating okay. but that's what what i've been doing
4: yeah yeah so if i if i really want to get around it i can just do that instead
1: all the weird scanning trick that we've all learned today (laughs) 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 try that
4: um yeah i think the camera is that alone might be worth it yeah um because i take a lot of pictures i do when i'm out by myself not taking pictures of kids or family events um things that we're doing in the house or for school or work i like to do a lot of like wildflower pictures and Mm close-ups of trees and leaves and i i really like the detail in this new camera
1: yeah and the outdoor photography stuff is just so nice like the the hdr stuff that they can do it's just it's so good and the video i don't know if you've taken any video yet but the HDR video that these phones can do it's it's really stunning.
4: Oh no, and like the need to the play video capabilities
1: are amazing. It it, it it it's been I think it's one of the more impressive things about the new cameras is 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 the stuff they're doing. But I guess wrapped up in all of this, right? Cuz it's the 12 mini. You're able to accept the downsides because you're able to use the phone, right? Like it's not so big that it's like uncomfortable now. Yes. Yeah.
4: Yeah, exactly. Which is
1: I guess the thing that gets you in yeah. the door.
4: <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean if it if they went smaller, I probably would go to a smaller phone than this even. Yeah. Just cuz I but I don't work on my phone. I use, you know, I can understand why people would not like anything smaller.
1: I mean, even people that say they work on their phones are mostly just on Instagram all the time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow, <laughs> being real here, like it's a good burn. Oh, come on, Federico, right? <laughs> You mean it's true? I'm one of these people. I like to have the big screen so I can do work on it, but I also like the big screen so YouTube videos are bigger, right? Like ultimately, <laughs> that's that's what I like the most. Do you have any other thoughts on the phone that you wanted to share?
4: No, I don't think so. Um, I'm definitely going to play with that partial mask face ID <laughs> training. All right, like, so probably S- as soon Stephen as I get off. to
1: provide follow up for you on this one. I need we need to know if this works. We're going to crowdsource <laughs> this
4: sounds good yeah thank you guys for having me
1: i had a bunch of questions that went with a like a presupposing that you loved it unconditionally (laughs) uh, because steven had not communicated that you i don't know if he knew uh that you were still quite conflicted about the face id so this ended up being a much more interesting conversation than i was expecting because i thought you were coming on the show to like victory lap i finally got the perfect phone for me and i'm actually (laughs) i'm kind of like in a way just for the conversation pleased to know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows yet no <laughs> all right we'll keep pushing on apple to put touch id on the phone yes bring
4: back buttons
1: yes we all want it we all want it <laughs> Well, mary thank you so much for joining us It's it's very appreciated i'm sure everybody's going to love to have heard from you again
4: <laughs> thank you
0: this episode of connected is also brought to you by tower if you're a developer or designer you're most likely working with Git. The question is, are you getting the most out of it? If you're like me and you find yourself constantly Googling Git commands and aren't using Git's more advanced features because you're worried that you might break something, then today's sponsor can help. Tower offers a better way to work with Git. Imagine that you can undo mistakes with a simple keyboard shortcut like Command Z or deal with pull requests directly on your desktop and use interactive rebase or cherry pick a commit simply via drag and drop or clone an entire repository from GitHub with just a single click. Tower lets you do that and so much more. You can finally take advantage of Git's powerful feature set and a beautiful GUI that makes you more productive every single day. It's a native desktop app, not Electron. It's not just a Git client. It's a better way to work with Git. I have definitely been one of those people being nervous about working with Git. We use it here at Relay. I use it with Mac Stories. I use it with 512 pixels. All the theme and all the custom WordPress stuff I have all runs in that. And it's kind of a scary system. Tower takes the fear out of it. I've been really impressed running it. So go to git-tower.com and download a 30-day free trial and with Coupon code connected, new users will get a 50% discount. That's get tower.com code connected for a 50% discount. Our thanks to Tower for their support of the show and Relay FM. Uh, I have some breaking news before we move on. Oh. Headline: Mac Rumors. Apple investigating display issues with iPhone 12 models, including flickering and green, gray oh glow. God, green God. Gate no. is back.
2: No, no, no! Please, please, can we get Mary back and take the bad away from you?
0: A similar green tinted display issue. No. Affected no. some iPhone 11, 11 Pro, and 11 Pro Max models, Hades. and Apple was able to fix that in iOS 13.6.1.
2: How many people have this issue? Is it just one guy on Mac rumors having this problem? It's an internal Apple memo, Federico. They say it's real. Joe, why are you doing this to us, Joe of Mac rumors? Why? Why? Don't you listen to Connected? Don't you know that Steven already gloated about this stuff
1: for months? <laughs> It's like the worst thing to be proud of.
2: Yeah, you are proud you're proud of of a, of a faulty display.
1: I don't get it. Well, he was proud of a hissing uh processor once and look where that got him.
0: No, I'm not proud of it. Mm-hmm. I'm here to be a voice to the people. Voice I'm here to be, to be a voice of the people who are suffering. Did you say voice to the people? <laughs> voice of the people. <laughs> he, said, no, voice,
2: he, he said he said voice to the people. Vo- I'm a voice
0: <laughs> for the people who are suffering. <laughs> Voice to the people sounds way worse. <laughs> it is.
1: Yes. It just sounds like you're telling people things, you know? In the document
2: shared with Apple authorized service providers. Who are these? Who are those uh, Apple authorized service providers? I just like run the, one. <laughs> are these like the fake Apple stores that are not Apple stores, but they yes. put up the furniture? Yeah.
1: They called like iStore or
0: whatever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Ours wasn't, but
2: we also have an iStore in in, in Viterbo. There's one. And they yeah. they did the the whole thing. i is a straight up chain. Like it's a real thing.
0: Yeah, they're in a bunch of airports. Yeah.
2: Oh, you know what? You know what they did? It's not called the iStore. They did uh, they called it Apple Store, but they were clever because they didn't just write Apple Store on the sign outside, they put up an Apple logo and the word store underneath mm-hmm. it so everybody i don't just, know
1: if that's that clever i still feel like if they knew about that they would definitely want to change yeah exactly uh, but they
2: copied the whole layout with the wooden tables very, yeah
1: everything. a lot of these places do that i don't know if they're like given this stuff or can buy this stuff but a lot of them do a pretty decent job of making them look like apple stores from like four years ago
2: there has to be a company specialized in making fake apple store tables <laughs> Right? Definitely.
1: Definitely. <laughs>
2: that sounds like a good business idea to me.
0: Wasn't it also in Italy the guy had like something like making Steve Jobs jeans or something? What? Remember
4: that? What are you talking what? about? In Italy? Steve, Steve Jobs, Jobs Jean? jeans?
0: Italy. Yeah, someone. Yeah, Steve Jobs is an Italian clothing company based in Naples, Italy, founded in 2012. What? What? What, mm-hmm. what is this and why do you know about it? I don't know because I'm... I'm um, the Apple logo is not make me think of it, because I'm going to put this in Discord, and Mike, you can put it in the notes. Look at the company logo for this clothing company.
1: Oh, my... No, wait. Oh, jeez. I hate this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can buy jeans with Steve Jobs' name on it?
0: The logo is shaped like a J with a bite taken out of it, complete with the iconic Apple Leaf. The European Union Intellectual Property Office ruled... In favor of the company. Why? I don't know. But there you go.
2: No, I can't. I can't believe this.
1: Why would you do this? Their argument was that Apple never trademarked the name Steve Jobs because it's the dude's name. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Anyways, uh, of so course
2: th- it was made by it- Italians. Why? Why? Why do we always have to be too clever and and ugh. see? This is why I don't. Yeah, just let me be quiet.
1: Federico, yeah. how would you say M1 in Italian?
2: Oh, good question. M1.
1: m uno. That's how we're going to call them? M1. Uh, the M1 Macintoshes are <laughs> available.
2: It's not Uno. It's Uno. Uno, one N.
1: Oh, sorry. Wait, what did I say? M1, you said.
2: And what am I supposed to say? M1.
1: Oh, because that sounds so yeah, different. Yeah, that's exactly the same thing.
2: Well, it's... Uh, uno is one thing and uno is another.
1: What are those things? He's trolling us. No, no, no. I'm, um, what is the difference? Just let me... Sp- I want to know. Let
2: me find the Italian word, the English word. Um, so, the... How do you pronounce this? You know the... Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to link you to Wikipedia. So, uno, with two ends in Italian, would be... These guys, the Huns, H- Huns, Huns. There's a Wikipedia page. It was a nomadic people who lived in Central Asia.
0: Yeah, Huns, oh, Huns.
2: Huns. Huns. Yeah, and in Italian they are called the Unni, and singular would be uno. Yeah,
1: no, definitely what I'm saying is the the Macintosh M Huns. <laughs> <laughs> I qu- I have quit now. I have quit the podcast. <laughs> I'm done. There is no TVOS review. Of course. <laughs> there wasn't one anyways. You, I've worked so hard on it. We have been recording for six
0: weeks. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the M1. The Max, not the highway. Is it a highway? In England. Yes, yeah, true. true. There it? was a bunch of Apple equipment stolen from a truck on the M1 this week. Yep. It's like $6 million worth.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: after the lorry driver and the security guard's... <laughs> Lorry. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> Was that your English accent? Yeah, the worst one. <laughs> What's a lorry driver? What's a lorry? It's like a truck.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a not lorry? like a truck. It is one. It's like a tractor trailer. I mean, it has to
2: be like a truck, right? Otherwise, it would have been called a truck.
0: Can we please? <laughs> okay, these <laughs> please. These new Macs are here, and they're very fancy. Mike, you have a mm-hmm. MacBook Pro in your possession. Yep. Yep. And did Dina's MacBook Air make it? Uh,
1: no, that that's next week. That's but next week. Next
0: okay, week. so mm-hmm. Mary's MacBook Air is uh, is here. By here, I mean it's with me because I put my stuff on it <laughs> to talk about it, and then she gets it. It's next currently week. your MacBook. Air. Currently, my it? MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of reviews in the show notes. If you haven't checked them out, go check them out. Um, the, the first thing that kind of caught me by surprise was not that it was silent and cool to the touch after Migration Assistant. I kind of figured that. But when I was like opening my apps, Rosetta doesn't come installed. You get like a system alert saying, Why? please install Why is Rosetta. This?
1: this is so strange to me. My only So the first time you try to open a Rosetta app, it's like you need to install Rosetta. Is that okay?
0: And you say yes. And it's the only time you need to do it. Why didn't they just put it in the system? My guess is that they were working on it after they, were, they had to image these at the factory. In fact, the MacBook Air that, that I got at least came with That's true. Big Sur 11.0, not 11.01. That's true. And so maybe, in I would guess in the future, maybe it would have it in there or they can update it separately from the system. That was my guess.
1: That... I could understand that because if you download an app from the App Store, you can download that app even no matter what version of the operating system you're on. Mm-hmm. And if it's somehow yeah, I could imagine that there might maybe be some compiling, but it is kind of weird though, right? Because yeah, it is. who's not going to need that?
0: Everyone needs Rosetta. Or just download it in the background during setup assistant. <laughs> like you are you have access to the internet computer, go yeah. Go do the thing. But Rosetta is magical. It is. You would literally never know.
1: Yeah. The only way, in my opinion, the only way that you can tell if your app is in Rosetta or native is when you right click and go to get info and wherever it asks you if you want to, uh, what is it? You can check a box for an M1 optimized app to tell it to run in Rosetta, I think.
0: Yeah. So under, I think it's kind or type, it says universal or it says Intel. And if it's universal, you can force it to run in Rosetta. For some reason, you want to do that. But
1: this really reminds me of the original transition. There were like weird things like that in Get Info. Like I remember this kind of stuff.
0: There's got to be a reason for it. I don't I don't necessarily know what it is. But yep. honestly, like the only app that I really noticed was slow to launch the first time was Microsoft Word and Excel. And... They took a while, but then on the second launch, they launched really quickly. And so one thing that's different this time is that Rosetta 2, on the first launch of an app or the first launch after an update to that app, it does the translation then and then just runs the translated version. And so that translation may just take a while on the Office apps. But their universal apps are in beta now, so you can run those, and I'm sure they'll be in the regular update channel here pretty soon.
1: And like and I've... So like I've, I've been trying to do some benchmarks of um, regular tasks that I'm doing. And something that I was really surprised about is I use uh, Adobe Audition to do some processing of audio files. Mm-hmm. To, to It's called like to match the loudness of the file. Audition is running in Rosetta. Right. And it will process the file as fast as my Mac Pro. That's the thing that I was the most surprised about.
0: I mean, Apple said, yeah, some things will run faster in Rosetta than natively. And we saw some of those benchmarks, you know, play that out with Geekbench 4 Mm -hmm. being Intel and Geekbench 5 being universal. But it's not messing around. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of that has to do with how good Apple's translation layer is. But it also has a lot to do with the M1 is really fast. So you have lots of headroom.
1: Yeah. Like, it is a really... These are very special computers. Like I haven't had enough time with it yet to like really get it, Mm -hmm. you know? Same. Like I've spent a handful of hours like really doing any actual work on it outside of setting it up. Like I set it up from from fresh, so it took me the best part of a day to get the machine to even nearly what I would want it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am genuinely very, very impressed by these computers. My major letdown. I was so excited about this, and it hasn't borne out. Is there has not been a great adoption from developers to enable their iOS apps for uh, the in the App Store. Mm-hmm. Lots of applications that I want to use are not there, and I can I'm disappointed in that because the apps that I have used, they work perfectly fine, as well as I would expect. Like the the best one that I've used so far is Overcast. It's perfect. Like it works great. And I love, I absolutely adore having overcast on my Mac because checking that my podcasts sound okay. in overcast is a thing that I do quite frequently. Mm -hmm. And having that part of my production workflow on my Mac is fantastic. So like, I would really love to have timery, But there is no timer. And I'm, I'm upset about this. You know, (laughs) I really want to have that app. I believe that the Timery developer is working on a Mac app, but I would have loved to have the iOS app in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Same. as like I really wanted to have the iOS version of OmniFocus, like the iPad version, but that's not available to me. There are lots of applications that I would love to have, but can't have. But there are like these weird ones that I do have now, like my bank app is available on my Mac. It's like, that's so much better than logging into their internet banking. I understand that there are a lot of developers like I've been seeing this online over the last couple of days that are unchecking the box because they haven't been able to test it or they don't have one of these Macs themselves or they think it's going to be a subpar experience. And like I implore you developers just do it. Like what is the worst that could happen? Like all right, it might be bad for support. If it's bad, then uncheck it and stop offering it in the store. Like you know, I just This is something that could be so good for for people, like, and it could be so good for you. I really just want to, I just want these applications, and I'm so I just like. It's the only disappointment I have about this is that there aren't more apps available. I have been installing some strange stuff. Like Warren Buffett, paper wizard. <laughs> that's, that's not
2: strange. I don't see why that's strange. And it
1: works. Like there's so many like weird games and stuff that I've had that just work. Like it seems like the only developers that have not unchecked this box is game developers. Because I feel like every iOS game I've ever played seems to be available on this. Mm-hmm. But I really wish that more of the the great productivity tools that I have available to me on my iPhone or my iPad were now available to me on my Mac. And it seems like that's not the case right now, but I really hope that it's going to be the case going forward.
0: Yeah. I think for developers who already have a Mac app, I just don't think many of them are gonna do that unless they're looking as a looking at this as a way to just have one code base if their Mac app is behind or not as feature rich or something. But I don't know how many developers are in that in that situation. My guess is that right now, a large part of it is, like you said, they don't have one of these in hand, and they want to make sure their app does what they, they what they need it to do. What I'm hopeful for is that while these apps do run, I do think it's sort of a subpar experience. I mean, it's not like it's broken, but I think that if developers spent the time with Mac Catalyst, it would be a lot better so that's what I'm hopeful for, that the the new stuff, the optimized for Mac, uh, which, again, John Voorhees wrote a lot about that in his review. I think that that is a good path forward for these developers, and I hope that that's what we see as, as time goes on. But, I mean, it's still early yeah. days. Like, most people don't even have these yet. They, they've they just started shipping the last couple of days. So mm-hmm. I'm not too concerned yet, but I am hopeful that it does get better. Yeah, I- I do also have that outside hope that
1: it's going to push more developers to check out Catalyst um as a as a potential option I would be very into that uh but but we'll see I mean this idea that that I had in my mind that like oh is there a possibility that like I could just use a Mac for everything now is I'm not I'm not even close to that mm-hmm. not even close to it I mean one of the big things is shortcuts you know and i really hope that they that they will work on that if they're not already to to bring shortcuts to the back it's a thing that i would greatly value um and will benefit from Mm -hmm. and and i do hope that that moving to a unified platform will help apple move those kinds of tools forward as well
2: i'm really curious to try one eventually um
1: especially with the uh... ultimately they are incredible federico like it, it it it's a. They're very, very impressive. They're very responsive, very speedy. Like it does genuinely. Like it feels like a a a, a nicer experience than for me than using my iMac. Like yeah. I, I, it is a. It's a very, very impressive computer.
2: Yeah, I wanna try. I had a a half thought a few nights ago. Maybe hey, maybe I should sell my Mac Mini and get an M one Mac Mini instead. But then I dismissed that thought after a few minutes because I don't want to go through the hassle of selling my Mac Mini. Mm.
3: Like I can, okay. s- like
2: iPhones and iPads are easy are easy to sell. Like I always find somebody who's interested in an iPhone or iPad these days. But a yeah. Mac Mini yeah. with the specs that I that I purchased, it's I, and I don't want to sell it to like I don't want to have like an online mm. listing. Then I gotta meet a stranger during covid times no i don't want to do that so i'm just gonna keep my mac for now
0: here's what you do this is the beginning it's the seed of your mac collection put it on the shelf and every time more macs will come to it no
2: (laughs) no, it's it's not a thing i want to do i'm not interested in having a collection honestly do you want it do you want to buy my mac mini
0: um i mean i'll adopt it but he's not going to give you any money for
2: it no this is a costly adoption <laughs> <laughs> not, not a free one i'm sorry
0: okay yeah it's 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 an exciting time and all the stuff that you know the reviewer said about how at least with the mapic air it's the only one that i've played with it doesn't really ever get warm you know sometimes when you set up a mac the beginning it's like syncing dropbox and icloud photos and spotlight is indexing everything and I could say that under like, you know, where the the logic board is was warmer than the rest of the case, but by the most mm. imperceptible amount you've ever felt. Like I really had to kind of yeah. focus on, okay, is this actually warmer? I mean, it really it's really impressive. It's so unlike other Macs, every other Mac I've used, where during that setup process in modern versions of Mac OS, you're just killing the thing. It just took it all in stride, and it was it really it really impressed me.
2: Okay. Yeah, I really cool. want to try one. Especially the MacBook Air without the fan.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's very interesting
1: to me.
0: How has that been on the Pro, Mike? Are you hearing the fan? No.
1: Really? No. Like I I don't know what I need to do to try and make it happen, but I know I'm not hearing it. Um, like,
2: and, it, and it stays cool most of the time? I mean,
1: I... I have been using it connected to a monitor, so I haven't really been holding it um as such. So I, I can't I can't attest to that right now. But um like I was downloading like three, four hundred gigabytes from Dropbox, right? And and setting up Dropbox in Rosetta and it's basically like I did you wouldn't I wouldn't have known the machine was doing it. Wow. Right? Like while I'm setting it up. Like it was it's incredibly impressive. or like I have tools for um, encoding audio and stuff like that, and they will set the fans off on my Mac mini for sure sometimes on my iMac pro, but they've not been doing it on this thing yet and again like i've I've only had a couple of days at most of trying to treat this like it's my work machine because mm-hmm. I'm basically just recording on my iMac, which I'm recording now because I don't want to record on Big Sur. And then I move over everything else to, to the MacBook Pro. I'm editing on it. I'm doing all my other work on it. And it, it, it's incredibly capable. And, and I, I, get, like, I, I know I need more time. I, like, and I will be spending more time. We're going to keep talking about this. But Apple have pulled off something truly monumental here um one of my favorite uh, there's two two really great things i heard from from reviews one was from dita bone in the verge review and the verge's review of these the video review is superb it's so good um but he said that apple basically had to pull off a thousand things to make this work and they did all of it which is a beautiful way of saying it like these could have stumbled anywhere and they haven't and i really like something that mkbhd said where basically like you can't compare these machines on paper anymore to other computers in the same way that you can't compare iPhones to Android phones because specs don't tell the story anymore. Because this 16 gigabytes of RAM thing, I don't think it's a thing, right? right. Like, and I I saw a really good tweet thread from Matthew Panzerino where he was trying to show like things that he was doing to his machine that should slow it down with if it only had quote 16 gigabytes of ram but it's it's not as simple as that anymore right it's like this idea of the hardware software integration thing that apple believes in and talks about so much like that this now exists on the mac so it's not possible to say like we take this spec and this spec and this spec and you add it against these And therefore, that this machine isn't as good because when you actually use the thing, it's a totally different story. So, like, one of the things that that, uh, Matthew Panzerino was doing was like he opened like 500 Chrome tabs and Chrome became completely unresponsive, but the rest of the machine I saw that had no issue, it was running normally. And logically, you would think that that would, if it was eating up all the RAM your whole machine would start to suffer. But that wasn't the case, right? So, like, there's a lot more going on here.
0: Why? When it it pages out to memory, it's paging out to SSD that's even faster than Ah. previous generation. And I think that's gotten so fast that you really don't notice it as much.
1: Frankly, it's like, okay, we need to understand and we need to appreciate here that the Mac is going to start to become a black box, right? We need to start to get comfortable with that. The Apple is going to start doing things that we don't understand because it doesn't make sense based on the way that it used to be. But if we can all agree to let that go, we're going to have vastly better computers. And like, I genuinely believe at some point in the not too distant future, you won't have a choice on RAM anymore. Like you're not going to get that choice but we need to trust them on it, right? Mm. And I can see that happening, maybe not on every machine, but on certain machines, that it's just like, this is how it comes. In the same way that your iPhone and iPad, this is how they are, and do we ever complain, <laughs> right? Like, they work great, and I think we're moving that way with the Mac. This machine has 100% sold me on that idea because I would not buy a laptop with 16 gigabytes of RAM. I just wouldn't do it. Because it doesn't seem like enough to me anymore, like logic, like that's how I would think for the stuff that I'm doing on my computer. But I don't think it's going to be a problem for me. And yeah, it is just absolutely fascinating computers. And uh, this was in Mac Power Users' right about like these are the slowest.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're they're the slowest Apple Silicon Macs we're we'll likely ever see i i'm so excited for these next two years i really am i keep i keep thinking about okay what does you know a high-end iMac or even above what does that look like and i sort of just catch myself like giggling a little bit (laughs) Like, like what are they gonna do i mean it's it's so much fun and you know if these three machines aren't for you like that's cool there'll be a lot more coming, you know, so if you do Mm -hmm. need more memory or you want something with four Thunderbolt ports or whatever, or just a bigger notebook, you know, I'm coming from a 16 inch MacBook Pro and I put all my stuff on this Air and yeah, it feels cramped to me. It's just one of those things. And so if, if these three don't fit, you know, what you need out of a, out of a computer, then like, just wait a little bit longer. This is going to be just the the first chapter. And that's super exciting seeing how good these three machines are. Honestly, like this computer
1: deserves more time that I need to devote to it than an iPhone or an iPad. And I, and I don't mean that disparagingly, but like I feel like I can get a really good sense of an iPhone or an iPad and how I feel about it in about two days, right? I've been doing this for long enough now. I feel like within a couple of days, I understand it i feel like it's going to take me a lot longer to fully understand and get the sense of what this mac is capable of i don't feel like i can get that answer
0: you know what i mean i i actually totally agree and i don't i don't think that all of it's even going to be known for quite a while because so much of it is based on the software story but hardware what we have today what we can see is definitely uh a positive sign of this transition going well. And I love touch ID and me and the touch Bar our friends and that's just the way it lives. So we're going to take one last break. And then as promised Mike's tvOS review, this episode of connected is brought to you by Hawthorne. Whether you're treating yourself or shopping for someone else on your list, finding the right holiday gift is never easy, but this holiday season Hawthorne makes gift giving fun and simple it's the premium tailored personal care brand that's making it easy for guys to feel and smell their best. They have this quiz when you go to their website, they ask a bunch of questions about what your work is like, but then like, okay, do you have dry or oily skin? What sort of scents do you like? All these questions. And they, they put all that in their giant machine. And what comes out the other side is some awesome products custom tailored to what you need. And so I got a bunch of the stuff in the mail, shampoo, conditioner, face stuff, hand stuff, cologne, and I like all of it. That The quiz totally works. It's, uh, you know, one of those people that I've kind of used the same stuff since college or since high school, and it's nice to mix that up and move to something much nicer. Hawthorne is a convenient way to get super high-quality, tailored products. They take the risk out of it by giving you free shipping on your orders and returns. So if you don't like a product, they'll retailer them based on your feedback, which is also really cool. Get Special offers for the holidays by visiting hawthorne.co. That's H A W T H O R N E dot co to check out their special holiday offers. Go check it out, hawthorne.co. Our thanks to Hawthorne for their support of the show and Relay FM. You could have introduced me. Oh, yeah, I'll introduce you. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, as promised and on time, Michael Hurley is here with his TVOS review. I like that. It is on time because this is when it's happening. I can't,
2: I can't, I can't believe it, it's happening. It's actually here.
1: I've I just. Got... I've spent many hours working on this, so I have a lot of notes. I have way more notes than I would normally have for a topic. So it is going to sound like some of this stuff is being read because I am reading it. Uh, so you, yeah. we can talk about it as we go through. And I do welcome the two of you to have... Um, Questions if, if you have them, and, and we can go through it. This is four pages in our Google Doc. Yeah. It's massive.
0: Like full, full outline, four pages. I've been working on it for many weeks. So I know. I'm very, I'm very glad to, to see this. So please tell us about TVOS 14. TVOS itself debuted way back in
1: 2015. Oh, no one
0: likes tech history. What are you doing?
1: you know earlier when we mentioned about the tv apple tv like hardware and stuff it's because i looked it all up like two days ago that's how
0: you knew it then that's why i knew that
1: uh back in 2015 when TVOS was introduced uh the the platform was being shown to us as app development that's what they wanted people to make apps the future of the tv
0: is apps man what a silly statement
1: (laughs) yeah this is that's one of those things that's going to um it's gonna haunt them for a while, I think. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like one of those jokes that we'll keep making. Yeah. And courage is another one of them. Like basically, at that time, Apple kind of hoped that it that they would be able to convince us that the Apple TV wasn't just for video playing applications, but for apps of all time, of all kinds. They did the same with the watch. Like Apple have at multiple times hoped that they would strike gold again, and they've not been able to do that. The next time we're gonna see it we're going to be strapping devices to our faces and we're going to see how that one goes. Mm. Um, th- at this point, they kind of believed, I think, that they could kind of usher in some kind of renaissance for TV-connected devices. Like, they were about to change the game and there'd be an Apple TV in every household. That was the goal, I assume. Uh, you know, five years later, we know that didn't happen. Like, people are not buying new homes on their Apple TV. Um, like, <laughs> do you remember the shopping demo? Yeah. And there was actually mm-hmm. a real estate app. Like, there was, like, a whole thing that has not happened, um, but also over those five year over that five year period, Apple has changed its own ideas of what TV means to the company. And rather than making just the platform or even just the apps, they want to make their own content, and that's what the last couple of years has really been focused on. And this focus on the content over the platform, I believe, has started to actually have an effect on TV OS itself. I wouldn't say that the platform has been abandoned. It clearly hasn't. I'm here telling you about the newest version of it. But I think that rather than it necessarily reaching maturity as a platform, I think that there has maybe been some maturity forced upon it that Apple can't iterate and won't iterate the platform too much rather than it reaching its logical conclusion. But we'll get to that later on, because tvOS 14 does have some new functionality.
0: So it, it, that, one that of the- kind of reminds me of the Apple Watch's early days, right? The Apple Watch was going to be this platform for apps and all of this stuff. And sure. Apple, I think, very successfully has pivoted the Apple Watch to where it is today. And I'm not sure the tv and tvOS have like made that corner yet. I think that there's some
1: similarities that could be drawn with the TV and the watch of like apps are still available. People can still make apps for the platform, but the types of apps that are best made are very clear, Mm -hmm. right? So if you make videos um, and to some extent games, but if you, you know, if you have a video app, obviously make an app for the Apple TV. If you are a fitness company, obviously make an app for the Apple watch, right? Like there, there are definite like tie-ins. Whilst the platforms are still open, it's maybe not uh completely like a wild west like it is for the iPhone. So one of the features in TVOS thirteen was multi-user support, which by the way, do either of you use? No, uh, I don't think many no. people do. Uh, but this year, it has achieved a new feature which it can now keep track of game progress individually. So if you're all playing the same game in a family, your progress is saved to your profile. Kind of can't believe that this wasn't the case before, but (laughs) nevertheless, (laughs) this is a feature. Uh, Home is also a thing now in the control center, uh, which was revamped. Now, the home support in tvOS is limited to just scenes, and I don't know why they've made this decision. Like, I don't know why I can't at least get access to some of my favorites, or, you know, like, or at least the access to the items that are within the room that the TV is in. (laughs) I would like to be able to turn on the lights that are in the living room. Why not? But you can't do that. You just have Um, to make two dozen scenes. (laughs) it's just very peculiar to me as to like oh that there's no home app i don't know why there isn't a home app like because you can view your cameras that are connected to the home and you can control the scenes that are connected to the home but you can't do anything else and i find that very peculiar um Everybody's favorite feature of the Apple T V is the screensavers, the Apple call Aerials, mm-hmm. which is a name that doesn't make sense anymore because thirty percent of the content is on the water, but they still call them Aerials, that's what they're called. Uh, I don't, like, nobody else calls them aerials. Everybody else calls them the Apple TV screensavers. And I don't know why Apple don't just call them that, <laughs> but they are called aerials. Uh, but nevertheless, one of the features in tvOS 14 is you can now choose which ones you want to include in your rotation. You can't say, like, I don't want the jellyfish one. You have to say, you don't want. Yeah,
0: no one, don't, don't, show, that one is the worst.
1: Nobody except me likes the jellyfish one. I like the jellyfish one. I like all the underwater ones um but like people a lot of people don't like the ocean ones i really do uh you can now get rid of them if you want to but you have to say like don't show me the underwater ones okay federica remind me are you a fan of the jellyfish i don't think you like the jellyfish either do you
2: fish should be either in the sea or on my plate when I go to the <laughs> Not restaurant. on your television? Not on my television.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is this like your campaign plan? sounds very much like a campaign platform.
2: No, it's a, it's a simple way of life. And I think if you believe that you want to see a jellyfish <laughs> on your television, we cannot have a, a relationship
1: as people. Okay, so you're going to get rid of the, the fish ones then, I suppose. We mentioned this earlier. You can set a HomePod pair as the default audio output, which is a great idea. As there are some apps that I used to struggle with. I've been doing this for a while. I have two HomePods in a pair, and they've been connected to my Apple TV. And it was really annoying because some apps you would have to, like, force quit the app, toggle the output, toggle the input, and it was really annoying. Unfortunately, this feature has been far from perfect for me. I have had tons of errors. I've had it where the audio just stops working. I've had it where the content starts pausing, I have had the content pause. I start it up again, and then 20 seconds later, the entire TV turns off. Um, I've had it where the Apple TV throws an error and says, like, this doesn't work. We need to change back to your television audio. This is very buggy. Um, And unfortunately, in adding this new feature, Apple no longer allow me to use it the other way that I used to use it right it will only do this new system it won't allow me via airplay to send it to my home pod pair so i can't revert at this point i have done a few restarts of my home pods i've repaired them together renamed the pair and now it is mostly working so there's clearly some bugs to work out here and it seems like if you refresh it enough it will work but and i've seen lots of threads in the Mac Rumors forum, in Reddit, people keep sending me these things, which I appreciate. Um, this clearly bugs to this. Uh, and I've yet to really come up with some kind of replicatable system to try and report bugs for this. But it it's as well because it keeps changing on me, right? Like the errors that I'm getting keep changing. Um, so there's clearly bugs to work out here, but I am happy that this feature exists, but it needs work. Um, along with this, the audio indicator from iOS that shows you an icon of what you're connected to has been added to tvOS, which I like. So when I press the volume up, I see that the the little HomePod icon is there. And they've also introduced audio sharing to tvOS, so multiple people could watch TV using AirPods together. I don't have any need for this feature, but I could imagine this. Stephen, you can tell me if I'm wrong in thinking this. I could imagine this being useful for parents to watch something
0: together without disturbing sleeping children. Absolutely, no, absolutely. And uh, uh, it's it's not really a problem in our house where our TV is is basically the other end of the house from all the bedrooms. But if we were in a smaller place, or you know, it, it maybe if it was in our bedroom and a kid was you know two doors down, it would be a bigger deal. But yeah, that's a fantastic feature. And I'm I'm glad to see that it, it got added to the audio sharing stuff, which in general, the audio yeah. sharing stuff in iOS is really cool. It's very cool. Um, but it, it always felt so weird to me that it wasn't possible for more than one. Or like you had to like share a pair of AirPods. And so now it's nice that you can have it sort of just on your own.
1: Uh, weirdly, a feature of tvOS, um, but it's also a feature of Big Sur. So clearly Apple had to do some stuff is uh, 4K YouTube. Yes. Um this is one of my favorite features because I have a lovely 4K television and now I can watch uh, YouTube videos in 4K with my Apple TV. I don't know what it is that Apple and Google had to do to make this one work. I think it's it's a rare case of some kind of deal being done with Apple and other companies,
0: uh, but I'm happy they did it. It was Apple adding support for Google's codecs. I mean... Google didn't change anything, I don't think.
1: Yep, probably. I mean, I assume that's the case. I, I, but yeah, I'm I'm very pleased that this has happened. I mean, this is whatever it is. This has affected all of my devices. Like, I can get 4K YouTube videos on my iPad now too, as well. So I'm really pleased that this does work. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm very very happy about that. Okay, so picture in picture is a thing that's been added to and it has actually been expanded in this version of TVOS so other companies can can go into it but it suffers from the same issue that we see on iOS and frankly from other parts of tvOS if nobody adopts the feature it's not going to be useful right right so you know like picture in picture is is not as useful on my iOS devices because YouTube doesn't support it and frankly most large companies the apps that you want to have it be implemented, have no interest in supporting it. Either it's not going to align with their plans, or they don't think it's important enough, or it just does not work with the way that they implement video playback because they have some weird way that they do it. And I think that this issue, this issue of picture-in-picture, is indicative of an issue with the Apple TV, mainly the TV app. Like ultimately, the Apple TV would be a much better platform if all the content that we wanted was actually in one application, right? Because it would allow us to have truly universal search. We would have fully complete what to watch guides, everything would be in one place. That would be great. It does make me feel like if Apple wouldn't have tried to convince everyone to make apps, and actually tried to just do deals with content producers, we may actually be able to be closer to this than we are right now. Like, I think that there is a world where they could have worked to create an operating system that was more focused on providing tools to video companies to allow them to build experiences that work within frameworks that Apple wanted whilst also providing them with the information that they wanted. Mm -hmm. I imagine something closer to News Plus. Now, I know that there's a bunch of issues there, but fundamentally, the way that Apple News Plus works is it's far more integrated into the News app, right? Now, they end up with the same problem where a lot of people just say, no, I don't want to do that. Um, And frankly, I don't think Apple... Is the company that would do the deals. Nor do I think that a lot of these companies want want to do that kind of deal with Apple. But I do think that in saying to people, "Hey, just make an app for this platform," they maybe shot themselves in the foot with trying to make the TV app the home on the Apple TV, and that is what Apple want, right? Like by the, I don't know if it's default, but Apple want you to map the TV button to the TV button on your remote right mm-hmm. like that is what apple wants to be the desired hub like that's what that does basically for as long as netflix isn't there it's not going to be the hub for people and i will be able to tell this story this this thought process every year that i review tvos because it's always going to be a problem i think that the tv app is not what it needs to be the tv app should be vastly better and they're not going to be able to get people to do it like I, and I can't imagine at this point a situation where this isn't going to be the case i think it gets even harder when you look at where apple is right now like i think at this point it's pretty clear that the main reason the apple tv exists is so apple has a place of their own to offer their content and their services like that's where the investment in this division is sitting i think it's becoming even clearer to me when As part of the tvOS updates, Apple lists their shows and movies in the release splash screen. So when you update tvOS, they're like, hey, we have these new shows. Now, content is not tied to OS updates, but they are using these screens as another place to advertise their content to you, which I think is fine. It's not in your face when they do that. It's like eight things on the page, but it is funny to me that they're like, hey, we have this movie with Tom Hanks. As if, like, Tom was waiting for tvOS 14.2 before he released his movie. (laughs) I think that, like, going forward, we're not going to see a lot of investment into tvOS as a platform. But I think that Apple are going to continue doing things to the TV app. That's what they want you to be able to use. Because, as well as their own content, stuff you buy from their store shows there. Stuff that you... If you subscribe to channels, it's all there. And frankly, at this point, that app... Is everywhere, right? They have a version of that TVO app on Samsung televisions. It's on the Fire TV, like. So I think that the TV app itself will be where the majority of the investment is going into. But also because that TV app is splintered across different platforms, I don't think it's going to be able to develop as quickly as it would be if it was on the TV on the Apple TV only, right? Like. The Apple's kind of attention in this field is split now. And I struggle to see a future where this means that tvOS gets pushed significantly further mm-hmm. because they have like three separate things going on: they have the content, they have TV app and TV app on other platforms, and then tvOS. And I just don't see a world in which tvOS gets the focus out of those three things. I think that it is definitely lowest down on that list. And I do feel like I can argue that the investments that they should be making really are around refinements, not new features, which I'm fine with. Like there are refinements they can continue to make to tvOS, but really what I want to see them do is make the TV app itself better and somehow try to convince more content providers to put their content in it but I don't see a future of that happening. So in conclusion, I think tvOS itself really is indicative of where Apple as a company is in many ways, their business models are changing and they're continuing to change. They're changing in a way that wasn't even thought about when they created the product lines. And it's all with an increase towards services And this platform is now there to just help them get their services to you. TV Plus, Fitness Plus. These are services with the Apple TV at heart, but the Apple TV is not important in them. It's just a vessel to get this content to you. And for as long as they can keep coming up for things to add to Apple One, tvOS is going to be around because it's a way to get these services to your television. But I don't think it's because tvOS itself is a successful platform. It's just because that's where they can get this content to you. That is tvOS 14. Thank you. Wow. There you it was go. was good. Thank you. That was really they said good. said it wouldn't be done. Thank you.
0: Uh, there was a question in the Discord. Could you imagine the most recent Apple TV being the last Apple TV, like not selling a hardware product anymore? No, I think they're going to continue selling hardware products. I do too. There's, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't have TVs that support this stuff, right? There's a lot of brands. The, the, the current Apple TV is getting quite old.
1: Yes. And <laughs> at some point they're going to have to replace it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the next one is the last one for a while. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what processor will be in it now. I mean, who knows? Maybe they put an M chip in it. <laughs> Just go the, wild. The TV one. TV one. There you go. But I... I don't think Apple is out of this market yet for the reasons I mentioned. I also, of course, Apple Arcade is the, one of the other parts of the the services platform, and that is on Apple TV. To have an Apple Arcade app, you need to support the Apple TV. I mm-hmm. believe I think that's pretty standard. So I can imagine. I don't think that the TV is going to go away, and also I think that it, I believe it, there will be an update to the Apple TV
0: hardware within the next six months. Yeah. Or the next six weeks because I just bought one. I think it's possible. Yes. I do. Uh, well, thank you for that. I, I yes. do I do wonder if at some point Apple de emphasize like T V OS being a product and it just kind of gets updates when iOS comes out, but they kinda quit talking about it as a platform for all the reasons that you mentioned. That it's really a framework for content to be plugged into and Okay, again control center one year, like that doesn't necessarily need a big marketing name and marketing push. I
1: am in line with what you're saying, but coming at it from a different angle, which is that if they stopped referring to it, then they would have to update it every year on the same schedule as iOS, which is kind of what they've been doing. I imagine it actually going a little bit closer to the Mac or different to that, where it's that maybe don't do it every year, maybe it's every 15 months or something mm-hmm. like I can actually I can imagine pace slowing down but similarly to what you're saying of like de-emphasizing tvOS as one of our four platforms right I could imagine that changing quite significantly in the coming years
0: I think that about does it y'all I think so all right if you want to find links to stuff we spoke about head on over to relay.fm connected slash one. There, there's some fun stuff you can take part in. You can send us an email with feedback or follow up. You can also become a member and you'll receive Connected Pro, which is a, thats hard to believe this week, a longer <laughs> ad-free version of the show. You also get a lot of awesome goodies that all Relay FM members get. So go check that out. And for those of you who are supporting Connected or any of our shows directly, thank you very much. You can find us all online. You can find Mike online as I M Y ke mike hosts a bunch of shows here on relay fm he also has a twitch channel mike you're streaming later this week right
1: yeah i sure am uh friday the 20th at 11 a.m eastern time 4 p.m gmt at mike.live i'm going to be building a keyboard from scratch called the mode 80 it is a significantly more difficult keyboard than any keyboard i've built so far so it could be fun could be disastrous either way check it out at
0: mike.live okay Uh, You can find Federico online as well. He is Vaticci on Twitter, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he is the editor-in-chief of maxstories.net. Federico, I have a question for you. Of course. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tell me about an amazing adventure that you have been on.
2: (laughs) An amazing adventure? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. One time, a few years ago... I flew to California. I slept there one night and I came back to Italy the following day. (laughs) 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 And that's the story. I did that for an Apple event. I I left at 1 p.m. my time. I arrived in San Francisco at 9 p.m., checked in at the hotel, slept for like five hours, woke up, had breakfast with Matthew Panzarino.
1: Went to the event, and came back to Italy. <laughs> you scared me in the middle, though. Why? Right? Wasn't that the one way you uh, were when you surprised me on upgrade? Or was that a different a different time?
0: I think it was that time.
2: It was that time. It yeah. was that time. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. I because after the event, we went to lunch, and then we did the surprise, and then I went back to the, I went back to the hotel, and then the airport
1: so uh we're hot on the heels of a of a big event today it's a huge event a huge huge event today um you're you're referring to the fact that i met federico vatici right oh yeah of course that's the only event that i meant yeah Yeah. this is a, a what what was a the best kept secret of the day was that Federico Vatici arrived in San Francisco today to uh, partake in the Apple event. Um, he, he got an invite. We'll talk about that on Connected. That's a whole, yeah. whole big story. I'm looking forward to Connected this week, actually.
2: Or we can talk about it now if you want, Mike.
1: Oh, <laughs> hello. Oh my God, that really scared me. Hi, Federico. <laughs> Hi, Mike.
3: How are what you? What are you doing there?
1: A podcast, obviously. <laughs> have, have you been there? <laughs> The whole time. <laughs> oh, it's good I didn't say anything bad about you. Hey, buddy.
2: <laughs> Hi. Now, I know that I can trust you because you didn't say anything bad about me.
1: Yeah. Well, it's probably mm. something on the lines that I love you. Hey, yeah. how you doing?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, Jason was kind enough to invite me here. <laughs>
1: um, it was awesome. Federico was kind
2: enough to say, sure, let's do a
1: podcast.
2: He was like, do you want to do a podcast with, with Mike? I'm like, yeah.
1: You're going to have to sure. keep your special stories for Connected. You know mm, it, right? Yes, you can't, okay. You can't cheat on we'll, f-
0: we'll focus on the news of the day and, yeah. and, and save those stories for Connected. That sounds like fun. That's a good adventure story. Thank you. You can find me on Twitter as ismh and my writing at 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank my wife, Mary, for joining you all earlier in the show. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Mac Weldon, Command Line Heroes, Tower, and Hawthorne. Until next week, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.